Bam. Ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck's going on? Set this up. Um, sorry for the late start. We were all fucked up. We had a, uh, we weren't all fucked up, but the cam was all fucked up. We had a problem with the webcam. But we're back, bitches. Hi. How's everybody doing? I'm back from Abu motherfucking Dhabi, son. That was very strange. Very scary strange at all? Trip. Scary at all? Yeah, it scared me, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's real safe and it's real western over there, but the bottom line is that place is, it's the first time I've ever done that. that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. First time you muted the live preview. Yeah, so we don't hear ourselves. But, um, we, uh, we got over there and it's, it's very strange. First of all, we were at a place called Yaz Island, which is a man-made island, they said, which means they built an island. Isn't it sinking? Is that the one that's sinking? No, that's, not, no. that's okay. the one in Dubai. All right. The one in Dubai that's sinking is the one that they have that's uh, a model of the world. If you ever wanted to know how much money is in oil, right. you got to go to the Middle East. I'm sure. It's fucking staggering. Really? I didn't see a shitty car while I was there. Everything was a fucking Mercedes. It's a Mercedes, or I guess the cabs are kind of crappy. But it's all Ferraris and Lamborghinis and these fucking buildings. They they built this island, okay? And then they have this thing called Ferrari World. And that's where the UFC was. Which is this crazy theme park that they're building. They're just building shit constantly. Everywhere you go, they're building. You know, like all throughout. Like uh, the city of Abu Dhabi. It's all just skyscrapers and cranes and shit going on constantly. And apparently Dubai is even crazier. I didn't want to fuck around with Dubai, though. I didn't even want to fly in there. One of, one of the options was we could fly into Dubai, and then from Dubai, we would uh, take a car service that would take us a drive. It's like an hour and a half drive to uh, Yaz Island. And I was like, I don't want to land in Dubai, man. I, can't, I keep hearing crazy shit about Dubai. I hear crazy shit about people who got arrested because there was some sort of a visa problem, so they drug test them. They arrested this one woman for codeine. She's, she lives in the UK. She has a prescription for codeine. Because she's got a back problem. She's got back injuries. Right. So they arrested her for this and put her in fucking jail because she had it in her system. Wow. And there's another guy who was traveling there who had a speck of marijuana on the bottom of his shoe. But if you look at the dude, the dude was like a Rasta. He had dreadlocks and shit, and that does not fly. Did you vacuum out your suitcase? Oh, my the- God, did I? <laughs> I didn't smoke pot for a whole day before I went there. <laughs> a whole day? <laughs> You're crazy. I was, it was out of, my, out of my head. Yeah, that shit just that shit scares me. I, there's no yeah. reason it, to be put into that, because well, I've heard too many horrors. It's stories. not a regular society. I mean, it's run by kings. And, you know, for the most part, they run it just like a Western democracy. I mean, it's, most, I mean, it's very clean and very safe, and cops are everywhere, and people are polite. But the bottom line is... You don't have the same sort of rights that you have in America. You know, we, we always want to talk about our dwindling rights. And our, our rights are certainly dwindling. But they're still way better than right. what you get over in Dubai. Right. In Dubai, you don't get shit. This couple was making out on the beach. Now they're in jail. That's fucking They were crazy. making out. And then they, they they said, you can't do that. We're going to put you in jail. So what, they don't have a problem with, like, you know, like the ring card girls wearing we were, bathing suits. I, I was wondering. Because right. I didn't talk to anybody before. I'm like, what are they going to wear? Are these chicks going to wear, like, dresses? Like, right. how weird would that be if they had to wear, like... <laughs> that would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, they gave me the headdress thing, the, the traditional garb. And there's a guy uh, who does my job for the Arab world 
Very nice guy. Uh, his name is Muhammad, and they, they call him Muhammad. His name's Muhammad, really. Yeah. <laughs> and they call him Muhammad Rogan, and uh, it's hilarious. And he, he he does the whole outfit when he does his broadcast. He does this traditional Arab wear that they all wear. It's like a white outfit with like a black thing around your head, and then a, a white headdress. I don't know what it's called, but everyone wears it there. Did it smell okay over there? Smell great. Dude, it's, it's, there were a bunch of rich people with crazy money and weird outfits, right. you know? And I, I kind of like the outfit for a certain... This is what I liked about the outfit. I like it because, like, you can't... I mean, I guess you could wear, like, a big watch or something like that. But, like, stylistically, everyone looks the same. And there's something about that. Something about that is dumb. It's like you should be able to dress and look however you want. But something about that is kind of cool because it's like... Is it really fucking important what you wear? It's not. It's like, it's in your head. It's nonsense. And all this style and, like, how you want to be portrayed. Like, have you ever seen a dude who, like, wants to be thought of as, like, a writer? You know, wants to be thought of as, like, an intellectual. So he's wearing, like, a pea jacket. With a, you know, an elbow, like, leather elbow. Jack Kerouac. Yeah, or that. Or, <laughs> it's like, there's a certain amount of, like, pretense that comes with what you wear. You know, that's unavoidable. You know, I dress like I'm fucking 20 years old. I mean, yeah. I'm 42 fucking years old. I still dress exactly the same I did when right. I was 20. If you look at my wardrobe when I was 20 and now, the only difference is I have more clothes now. That's right. it. And I have a lot of tap out shit. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's I, I fucking dress the same. I, I There's something about wearing that outfit that they're all in unity, too. It's like they all recognize, like, we're all in this together. Like, we all have the same outfit on. I mean, part of it is, like, it's got to be bad for, like, creativity and individuality and stuff like that. Because one of the reasons why people in America are so creative is because if you want to, you could put a lip ring in and fucking shave half your head and paint the other half purple and tattoo your face. You could do whatever the fuck you want over here. And something about that is good for creativity. To the point I understand, but also I've had jobs where I've had to have a uniform. And it was so much better having a uniform or wearing the same as everybody else instead of having to like pick out a different tie every day and wear a shirt right. every day for, right. for work. And yeah, that is true. But if you had to choose when you're working between having a uniform and not having a uniform, you're always going to say no. No, I don't know. That's what I was just saying. I think I like having a uniform at work. Because but that's because you have to, have to, well, have to yeah. dress up. Right, right. What if you could dress up? Like a real like job. Anything? I'm talking about real like jobs. Real job. <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> in the real world. We live in the fake world. Isn't that a nut? That is a nutty thing, though, about the world. Is that the world is so... It's it's so goddamn rigid in what you're supposed to wear and how you're supposed to behave and how you're supposed to dress. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what? That's the best way they have of controlling people, really is to, to make sure that you're always going to wear suits and ties when you go to work and that, you know, you can't get into this place because you have a hat on and, you know. I hate the hat on thing. Oh, it's so silly. That, that, I mean, because I can understand where, like, you're in some parts where you're like, oh, that guy is in a, you know, might get mad at the other guy because they're in a different gang or something. Remember when we were at Gotham? They yeah. They you to take your hat off? Yeah. yeah. They wanted me to take off my hat, yeah. and I was with you at yeah. a comedy club. Yeah, and he works for me. It's the, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was, um... We were uh, at, um, where the fuck was it? Well, that's the most ridiculous one. Strip clubs are another ridiculous yeah, one. That yeah. happens, too. If you go to a strip club, they tell you to take your hat off. Now, what if it was or like... Or they tell you to turn it around. That's my other favorite. If you're wearing it like I'm wearing it, sometimes they say, can you please turn your hat around, sir? Yeah. Because, like, oh, now you got me. Now I'm going to be normal. 
the, the, one of the funniest things ever. This is a hundred percent true story. My ex fiance and me went to a bar once, and they we drove all the way to Oxnard or something like that. And we get there, it was our friend's birthday, and they're like, "Sorry, sir, you can't come in. You don't have a collar on your shirt." And I'm like wearing a T-shirt. I'm like, "What? We drove, you know, an hour and a half to get here for our friend's birthday, and you, you say I can't come in?" And it was like all the stores around it were closed because it was Oxnard at nine at nine p.m. So I went to my car to try to find a shirt, and the only thing I could find is my ex-fiance's shirt and it was like a small little tiny collar shirt. shirt that she wore for work right so i was like fat man putting on this shirt i it wouldn't even fit it looked like that old chris farley like fat man in a right. jacket thing like it i couldn't button it up and it had a collar though so i put the collar up and i seriously walked up to the door like this and i'm like hi collar shirt can i come in and they're like yeah i guess so and they let me in so instead of wearing just a gray t-shirt i now look like a fucking freak walking around the bar go hey can i get a bud light and stuff what uh, is the collared shirt about, true story man? what what the fuck is that about why why is a collar better than no collar i don't know especially wouldn't you just be like all right you know what just take off that just, just go in you know, so whatever. ridiculous the thing about uh the middle east is that you don't have to wear the outfit when they gave me the headdress they gave me one when i got there i was like okay am i gonna have to, do i wear this when i'm here like that would be hilarious if we did it like that me and mike both wore it but no nobody had to wear it but you know those people wear it and some people don't but a lot of people do when you go to the mall it's like I'd say like 30 or 40% of the people are wearing it. Wow. It's weird. So like, do they look down on people that don't wear it? Like, I don't is, know. Like, do you get more trouble if you wear normal clothes? I wonder. That's a good question. Yeah, maybe, right? Like, or maybe you get in more trouble if you wear that shit because you're, you know, right. you're fucking up the whole scene. Right. Blowing the curve, man. I think it would be great because it would feel like you're wearing pajamas everywhere. You could just be naked yeah. underneath it. It probably has something to do with the heat, you know, because it's a really light thing and it right. doesn't stick to you and, it, you know... I don't know. I guess they're probably naked under it if you want to be. Yeah, you know? be awesome. Yeah. If you wanted to be naked under that, that would actually be pretty dope. Yeah. Probably perfect for that kind of weather. Fuck yeah. Flapping yeah. around, ball sweat, hitting your shoe. Yeah. Be great. Dude, it's hot as fuck over there. Really? Was and I don't even think we're in the summer. But there's, first of all, billions of mosquitoes there. We got lucky and we didn't get hit. But right. they said you can get you can get fucked up. Like a swarm of them will like swarm on you and you'll get like a thousand bites all over you. Wow. We, there was wasps that were flying around the cage that were like that big. I was wow. freaking out. Because it makes you realize like, oh yeah, like we're in the fucking Middle East. You know what I'm saying? We're like east of Africa. Right. You know? Whoa. Do you see is... camels and shit everywhere? Or? I didn't see camels, but some guys went and rode on camels and shit. Right. Yeah. The next Sex in the City takes place there, by the way. Really? Yeah. Those dirty bitches to go <laughs> over there to get some dick. <laughs> Apparently, there's a tremendous amount of hookers in Dubai. Dubai is like hooker central. It's like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hookers. Like you go into like bars and like clubs. They don't have clubs unless the clubs are attached to a hotel. So you go in the club that's attached to a hotel, and they're just you get just get swarmed by Russian hookers. Wow. Because <laughs> there's so many rich dudes over there, and that's what it's all about. It's about rich dudes doing business, and they feed off them and suck their cock and milk money out of them. Wow! And you know, get some cash. We we're at the comedy store the other day, and this really hot chick was all over my friend Jason, and like, tea? Every, yeah, teeth. And everyone was like, "Damn, he likes, she likes him." Blah blah blah. And then finally, like, I mean, he's like groping her and stuff, and he must have said something to her because uh, at the end, uh, she goes, "You have to pay to play." And he goes, what? And then he goes, what? And then she goes, all right, never mind, and walks away. I mean, this is like a half hour of pre-sale that she did to him. Wow. And, and no one saw it coming. 
It was it was just like wow this this is cool. How much money? I don't I didn't know. I don't think he I think hmm. he just went what I can't afford cigarettes. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that over in the Middle East though. That shit's it runs rampant. Makes sense. There's so many dudes with money. You know they have uh, the biggest building in the world is in Dubai. It's a half a mile high. Is that the one that has the like golf thing on the top? No, that's another one. I think I don't think that's the uh, same one. But there is one with a it's a tennis tennis courts. I heard the, the architecture the out there is just amazing. Off, off the chain. Yeah, they have so much money. They have more money than you could possibly imagine. But apparently, it's all dried up. Apparently, it's crazy now that so many people owe money over there. And if you get, if you go broke over there, you don't like go to court and file for bankruptcy. No, you go to fucking jail. They right. put your ass in a cage. They yeah. put you in what's called debtor's prison. And mm -hmm. debtor's prison is uh, something you really want to avoid. So when people are going into the hole, they just drive their fucking Ferraris to the airport and gone. Wow. So this Ferrari is abandoned at the airport like every day. People are constantly abandoning like luxury cars, leaving their houses. You know, they they show up to, to collect money and there's no one there and they're gone. They moved to Africa or something. Wow. It's fucking nutty, man. But uh, they have nutty shit like uh, indoor uh, ski facility. Like you can go skiing indoors. That's badass. I've yeah. seen those before. It's apparently it's you have to see it to believe how big it is. Right, right. It's actually like it, there's a picture of it. We could probably somebody could probably Google it. Where it's just like a huge like slope, like, yeah. and it's like a diamond all the way down. It's crazy. I think you can go surfing indoors too somewhere there. Yeah. Where'd you go? Are you still on the fish? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so that was what the Middle East was like. It was people were very friendly over there. Food was fantastic. You know the the hotels top notch. There was only well, I guess there were some people that were there that weren't there for the fights, but not. It wasn't crowded. Was it legal? Uh, alcohol illegal out there? Alcohol, you don't, you can't go to bars, but they have bars at your hotel. But that's the only place they have bars is in hotels. I think that's the law. You cannot have a bar, right. but you can have a bar inside of a hotel for, I guess, for Westerners. Wow. But they have like, you know, it's regular. The the food was great. The beer was great. It's like a regular beer. Everything tastes okay. Like the Coca Cola tastes like Coca Cola oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Mm. It has Arab writing on it. Oh, that's weird. You should yeah. have taken some of that. For what? Look, it's different. <laughs> For your scrapbook. <laughs> Fuck my scrapbook. I don't have, what are you talking about? What are you, 12? So oh, the, 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 the arena was outside, though, right? There was no roof yes. to that? I didn't even the know The arena that. was outside, and that was uh, an interesting part of it, too, because uh, the first fight uh, was uh, John... God damn it, I forgot his last name. He fought for the Ultimate Fighter, uh, anyway, and uh, Mustafa Al Turk. And uh, the the first fight, these guys were so fucking slippery. They were punching, and as they were punching, sweat was flying off them. Wow! Because they were the first guys to fight, and so they were fighting like basically in the sunlight. Wow! And it was you know fucking hundred degrees outside and humid. Damn that that had to affect their fight. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they paced themselves, you know, and they they got through it, but. Uh, John Madsen, thank you very much, sir. Um, and the John Madsen and Mustafa Al Turk was the fight, and they were so sweaty. And every time they threw a punch, sweat was fucking flying off them, literally like like they threw water, like they were throwing cups of water at each wow. other. Wow, it was fucking crazy. So that's the so that's the reason why the guy who fought Silva wanted to lay down the whole time. No, no, we, we <laughs> that's gotta, why he just sat there. We like got to talk about that. <laughs> that's a very controversial fight. I I rewatched re the fights last night. I rewatched uh, B.J. Penn, Frankie Edgar, and I rewatched uh, Anderson Silva 
and um, Damian Maya. And the Frankie Penn BJ, the, the Frankie uh, Edgar BJ Penn fight, a lot of controversy on that fight. One of them is because Doug Crosby, who's a judge, who's a friend of mine, I like him, he uh, scored it 45 to 50, meaning he gave every single round to Frankie Edgar. Wow, see, now I thought it was way closer than that. It's way closer than that. I watched it again last night. In person, I was like, man, I don't know. When I saw it in person, I was like, look, the kid did fantastic. He definitely did better than anybody expected. Um, but when you're, the thing is, when you're doing commentary for fights, basically I'm just kind of explaining what's happening. I'm sort of keeping a tally in my head. But what I'm concentrating on most is explaining things, being entertaining, you know, trying to, you know, trying to do good commentary. You're not really sc scoring is done silently. You know, correct scoring is done silently because you're contemplating you know, what's what's more valuable. I mean, it's, a lot of it is subjective, but you have to contemplate. Okay, a guy throws a punch, and then the guy, the other guy, counters with a leg kick. Which one was harder? Which one? You know what I'm saying? It's like, who do you give it to? Some people give the punch to it. Some people give the leg kick. And in that case, I could see how it would be closer, you know, than than I thought it was when I watched it last night. But when I watched it last night, I thought it was. Three rounds to two for BJ Penn. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's been closer ones before. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I, I, I to me, I could have taken either way. It wasn't either that... way, it wasn't ridiculous to me that he right. won. Right. But 45 to 50 was ridiculous. That's and the reason why I say it wasn't as ridiculous because, like, when I was calculating, when I was watching it, like, in the, the first round, he lands a, a really nice leg kick at one point. And then BJ hits him with a punch. And BJ hit him with a couple other punches during the takedowns. And he hit BJ with a few punches, and one of them cut him. So that probably affected people because BJ had like a little mark under his face. So sometimes judges look at that and they go, "Yeah, he got the best of that round just because of a little cut." Sometimes right. that affects him. So you know, it's so, so subjective, man. But then the second round, I was like, BJ's landing more punches. They're like landing more. Frankie's throwing more. He's moving more. He's making BJ fight his fight. He's definitely making BJ chase him. So you got to take that into account. Like who's Who's doing better there? Who's got better ring generalship or control of the octagon? Well, BJ's the one forcing the fight. He's chasing after him. But Frankie is really avoiding too much damage. But I think the cleaner shots were landed by BJ. Yeah. And then as it got into the later rounds, then it seemed like Frankie... The only round that was really clear to me was the fourth or the fifth round, rather. The right. fifth round was clear. That was all Edgar. He took him down. He landed some real good shots. It was a good round. It seemed like a round for him where, where BJ was fading. Every other round but the fifth was like, man, who fucking knows? Well, it's kind of like if you see a fight at a cafeteria, you're not talking about the first five minutes of a fight. You're talking about what the, the end of the fight is. Yes. Like. Who's, who's dominating at That's the end of the That's a very good point. That's you know? a very good point. And you know what? A lot of people feel like fights should be scored that way, that they're different than, than any other sport, and that the end really is what matters because yeah. they've been imposing their will on each other, and here's the end result. Right. The end result of 25 minutes of imposing their will was that Frankie Edgar was kicking BJ's ass. He end. took him down. Right. He leg kicked him. He was moving better. You know, he, he, and at the end, you know, BJ chased after him at the very few, the, the final seconds, but... But he knew that it was the final seconds. I would love to hear, BJ's not the type of guy to make excuses. Uh, other people would tell <laughs> Vaseline. You, oh, that's true. Vaseline. Well, but that might have been true, though. Well, it could have it really been, was it been totally Okay, well, let's be yeah, honest. Right? It was true. It was true. They it rub it on the guy's I'm, face, and you see him rub it on the guy's chest, and rub it on the guy's back. That's a hundred percent. I'm just kidding. I know you are, <laughs> but that's a hundred percent illegal. And I love Phil Nurse. I think he's a great coach, and I love GSP. Those I love the both of them, but you can't do that. I believe when they say that this fucking witch doctor guy tells him to do this thing because he explained it to me. 
He explained it to me this weekend. It seems like total malarkey. It's like, you know, he's telling me that there's three mines. There's a mine here, a mine here, and a mine here. And this pressure builds up in a chain, and you have to release, and you grab here, and you press. You know why that works? It works if you believe it works. Right. That's why that works. And there's a lot of shit like that. Like, I know a dude who's a, a chiropractor slash healer. And uh, a lot of people swear by him. And the reason why they swear by him is because if you believe that what he's doing is going to heal you, your body has amazing ability to heal itself. Negative and positive thinking and negative and positive beliefs about your life are, without a doubt, self-fulfilling prophecies. You can decide that your life is awesome and your life becomes awesome. Totally. You can decide that your life sucks. You can decide that you're healing and you heal. Mm -hmm. You can decide that you're, you're not in pain and you won't be in pain That's and you right. can make pain happen, especially when it comes to like back shit and you know, there's real injuries and people get car accidents and fucking jujitsu, you get your neck cranked, but there's also people that create back injuries to avoid their life like right. they don't want to think about reality so ah my fucking back and that keeps them from thinking about other shit but anyway that's why they do this thing where you press the head and that's what that's all about it's like some psychosomatic thing but it's a placebo if, if, if you believe in it man it fucking works so I would like anyway I would like to talk to BJ and find out how was he in shape because he didn't look as good as he usually looks I mean, he didn't look fat, but he didn't look as hard as he looked in the Sanchez fight. In the Sanchez fight, he looked sculpted. In this fight, he had a little bit of a belly, like a little bit of fat on his waist. So maybe he had an injury because he also didn't sit down in his stool in between rounds, which I thought was unusual. Was it him that had the thing on yes. his leg? Yeah. He had a knee sleeve on, and he didn't sit down in between rounds. In which rounds, he stood up, and he put yeah, his, his leg up put his leg up on the stool and they said that to him at one point in time BJ put your leg up put your leg up wow well, you know there you go but I don't know what that means it could be a cramp it could be nothing it could be you it's know it's that humid and you just got done fighting you're gonna want to sit down if you can yeah I would think so I would think so I don't know what it is but see he hasn't said a word about it so I don't know so I, I think I could easily see how someone could give that fight to Frankie Edgar it totally makes sense to me you know and I said like when I saw it live I was like, man, I don't know. Either way. But at the end of the fight, Edgar was winning the fight. And like you said, that should count more. That's the way Pride scores it. The way Pride used to do it, they counted the fight as like one whole thing. That's how it should be. It should I, that's be. That's how I think it is totally. I totally agree with you. I think I think fights are not like any other sport. And that, like, there was a fight between Rio Chonin and Brad Blackburn once. And uh, Brad Blackburn was kicking Rio Chonin's ass for two rounds. And then in the third and final round, Rio Chonin came on strong. And he battered Blackburn, just beat the fuck out of him. Like, really, like, went after him and broke his nose and, like, had him running from him. Total domination in the third round. So it was so much difference between the first two rounds, which were pretty close, but Blackburn was winning. Blackburn was getting his shots in. But Chonin keep coming forward. But Blackburn was kicking his ass. But then the third, Rio Chonin just turned it on. But Rio lost the fight. He lost the decision because Blackburn won the first two rounds. And I said that's the first, cl the clearest example to me of how someone won the fight but lost the fight at the same time. He won a decision. Right. But he lost the fight. Right. Like if it was a fight, that guy lost the fight. Yeah, what, what, what's crazy about, imagine two guys fighting, and at the last second, the guy hits a guy, but knocks him out right when the bell hits. Yeah. You know, but and the other guy won, because he was doing the rest of the fight better, you know? But if, you know what I mean? Like, what if that were to happen? What well, if the guy knocks him out. He got, knocks no, him no, out. right at the bell, though. Like, ding, bam, guy knocks out. You know? Yeah. Oh, like after the bell? Right, right. That's at the, a good point. You know? This is the, well, the, you would say that the guy dropped his guard because he heard the bell. 
No, no. If it was like full for that band, like ding, bonk, you know, like. It, I think it, as long as he was right. already committed to the punch before the bell rang, right, it, it wouldn't be a problem. Hmm. But you know, that what would, I mean, that's it's, like some crazy last second buzzer shit, right? No, <laughs> see, because it, it because Leota Bachita did that. He knocked out Tiago Silva at the bell, like at the buzzer. Oh, really? <laughs> Bang! And he put him out. Huh. It was like during the horn, I think, going off, or really? or very close, very close, within like a second. Why don't so? Has there any been any talk about taking the pride rules? No, no. You know what? It's so hard to uh, to reason with the people that are involved in sanctioning. It's so hard to get things sanctioned. And the thing I've said before, like people complain about elbows, like that this elbow, which is what they call the twelve to six elbow, coming straight, straight down. Straight down. Yeah. The only reason why that was made illegal was because Big John McCarthy just came straight from his mouth when he was educating the commission and they were trying to, you know, legislate mixed martial arts. The people in these athletic commissions were worried that downward elbows on ESPN at two o'clock in the morning can break bricks. You know, there's fucking karate demonstrations. <laughs> so they were like, well, we can't have that because you right. can hit someone and kill them. Okay, so you can't do that. But you can still do this, which is more powerful. Right. I think this is less powerful than this. This right here seems to get more weight into it. It's a more natural motion. This is pretty strong, but I don't think it's as good as this. It's like hitting someone on the head like that right. is not as strong as hitting them like that. Well, that like when you turn your body into something... You have more power. And I think that makes more sense that this elbow, like the elbow that John Jones broke Brandon Vera's eye socket with, that's the that elbow. That's a legal elbow. But it's like powerful as fuck. Like, what, why is the other one illegal and this one's legal? That's nuts. I kind of get it, though, because there's a big reason why the UFC used to be on an, a VHS tape with Faces of Death in my in my right. collection. You right. know, that used to be shocking, like, almost disturbing. Right. Like, oh, I don't want to watch! Because it was like, this guy could die, yes. you know? No, I definitely agree that there should be rules, and I definitely agree there should be sanctioning, but it should be rational shit. It should be, I don't think you should soccer kick people on the ground. Right. I don't, I don't think, but I do think that if a guy's on his back, he should be able to kick you in the face. Right. If you're on your knees, so what? He should still be able to kick you in the face. You're punching him in the face. Why can't he kick you? That's ridiculous. If you're on one knee, you can blast someone in the face with a punch. Why can't he kick you in the face? You're trying to hit him. Right. Well, you can't move as good? Well, don't be there then. That's ridiculous. You're taking away a, 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 an important weapon for the guy in the bottom. You should be able to up kick the fuck out of someone when they're on their knees. If that guy's trying to punch you in the face and you're lying on your back, it's not like your weight is on top of him, like you're stomping him. Right. You're kicking from your back at him. Right. You should be able to kick his fucking head like a soccer ball. When you're lying on your back and a guy's on his knees on top of you trying to punch you, you should be able to kick the fuck out of him. Yeah. And it should be much more, you put yourself in much more jeopardy. You're in much more danger when you're on top of a guy then. And that's how it should be. Because that's how it is in real life. Right. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be this unrealistic thing where the guy has to be standing up over you for you to kick him in the face. No. It should be, you can kick him as long as you're on the bottom. If you're on the bottom, you can kick him. And if you're on the top, you can kick everything except his head. And that's what it is. You can kick a guy in the body when he's on the ground. You know, you can kick a guy in the legs. You can kick a downed opponent. So a downed opponent should be able to kick you anywhere from any, anywhere he wants it's legal. There's a lot of rules that need to be changed, though. Like Gracie's yeah. never tap. Come on. 
<laughs> that last Gracie fight, did, uh, that that fight. Wow. That, he wasn't. He wasn't gonna tap. That that that's one of those fights though that I was like, this. All right, there should be just like cut. All right, fight's over. Because I mean, there were so many times where I'm like, yeah. why is this guy even bothered? Well, let's let's finish with the Frankie Edgar okay, fight sorry. before we talk about that fight though, because um, I think. Like I said, scoring is a very subjective thing. You could say that Frankie Edgar outworked him because he threw more punches and he landed leg kicks. BJ didn't land that many leg kicks. Frankie definitely landed more leg kicks. He mixed it up more, had takedown attempts. So I could definitely see him winning the fight. I could see it being an argument. Because no one can say that their opinion, when something's that close, you can't really say that your opinion's right or right. wrong. But the fifth round, he won. Yeah, He won the fifth round. I don't see how anybody could argue that he didn't. But Douglas Crosby, man, 50 to 45. That makes that's, no sense. That's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. He must have been drunk. That's why the, the, <laughs> the refereeing should be done by uh, 100 people. Yes, I think you're right. I think three is too little. Yeah. And, you know, another here's another problem. Maybe the refereeing should be done in some sort of an online thing. Yeah. Where people, they, they get picked. Absolutely. You know, like they get picked. They're, they're like posters on message boards. Guys who are big fans. Guys who really, really understand the sport. And we do it electronically. What's the what's the thing that uh, measures uh, TV ratings and stuff? Like a, uh, a Nielsen box? Yeah, something like that. You're automatically picked. No, I think picked. you should pick only a certain amount. I don't think it should be like millions of people. Oh, no, I don't mean millions. Yeah, like I, mean, I mean, it's like that though. You're, well, you're picked it's by It's an idea. Company. But you know what? The problem is they'd all have to be there live to really... There, then, then there's that too. There's that argument. There's that live is, that, is actually not as good. No, you're not seeing the whole thing. Angles. Right. And you're everything. not seeing the whole angles, and you don't get to see uh, monitors. You know, like when you're live, like when I'm doing commentary, I've got two monitors to my to my right and one to my left. So there's there's all sorts of angles. Like sometimes we're looking at a fight and we're watching it live through the cage, and right when some shit goes down, they'll move in front of a, a barrier. Or right. they'll move in front of one of the, the, the poles, and I can't see shit for a second. And then I have to turn to the monitor. Or they're on the ground, and from the angle where I'm at, all I see is one, the side of a person's body. Like, they're on the ground, but they're on the other side of the octagon. I can't see it, so I have to look to the monitor. The judges don't get that. They don't get monitors. Right. So these guys are just watching the fight as it's happening from the angle that they get. And, every, and you know, I argued with the fucking the athletic commission guy about it, and he's like, well, you know... Um, the, uh, this is the you know that's why we have three judges so they all have different angles. I mean, no, well, no, because you're gonna get one, one guy, guy he's gonna right. give a shitty angle. Exactly, you can't and see he's it just as well. guessing. Give him fucking monitors. No, they should have shit. monitors. That, I, yeah. so they should have it like ER style where the doctors are all above looking down that's at the fight. Absolutely, like ER. absolutely. You know? But the problem is, even if above, you, what you would really have to do is be in there. Right. And we can't have that. No, you know, above with with uh, monitors. The cameras are better. Really, yeah. watching it, watching it live is better for the excitement. Like, there's nothing that be beats that excitement. Right. It's fucking nuts, you know. And when you're there, and you know, fucking, you know, Randy Couture is stepping in to fight Brock Lesnar, and the place is going bananas. You know, that's that's pretty intense. You know, that that you can't recreate that at home. At home, it's fun. But when you're there live, you feel like you're a part of history. Like you feel like you're a part of some wild ass shit. You know, when Shogun and Machida fight in Montreal in May, that being in that arena when those two guys step in there for the rematch, that's gonna be everyone in the fucking place is gonna have goosebumps. That's gonna be nuts, man. Because they're gonna know this is history, man. Right. These guys went at it for five fucking rounds. Everybody thought Machida was totally untouchable, <clears throat> and then most people thought Shogun won the decision, and now they're going at it again. And it's live, and it's happening right now. Here we go. Watching at home is pretty dope. You know, you get the commentary, you get the replays, you get you know, you get all the information. But watching it live, 
some special crackle in the air. Well, you're you know? also front row in the middle. Yeah. Most of the time when I watch live, I watch the monitors. Like, I, I yeah. watch it while they're standing up, but once it's down, I'm looking at the monitor. And, right, and, you, and, and replays you're from the floor. You're, like, right there, too. Yeah, and I'm only, like, a couple rows, you know, yeah. but still I'm watching the monitors. Yeah, being right there is pretty dope. To be able to look through the cage, right. it's almost worth keeping that UFC job just for that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get, like, blood splat right on your yeah, face? Yeah, I got hit this weekend. Oh, you did? I got hit on my arm. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, one of the prelims. You just lick it I up a little? On it. He I sucked, sucked on it. I made tea out of it. I told him to get me some hot water. Get in my DNA. It was um, it was pretty uh, intense. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of blood in a couple of the fights. The uh, that was in the um, uh, Paul Kelly uh, Matt Veach fight. Matt Veach had a horrible cut. He had a couple of them and just splattered. They were right in front of us and they were beating on each other and just the blood just wow. went flying. Wow. So that's my take on the uh, controversy on the F- Frankie Edgar Big Day Penn fight. I think Frankie Edgar <clears throat> Frankie Edgar fought a hell of a fight. It was a, a tremendous performance. I was super impressed with him. Um, but uh, I'm not exactly sure if I agree with the, the verdict. I definitely don't agree with 50-45. But I thought it was a very close fight. And obviously I'm not a judge, so who, who the fuck am I to judge? And I definitely could see an argument for Frankie winning it. And like I said, he put on a tremendous fight. I mean, really impressive. And it definitely won the last round. So if you, you look at it in terms of, like we said, you know, someone that's the way it should be. that The, the guy who wins the last round wins the fight. I mean, he's the they've 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 imposed their will upon each other, and the, you know the end result is after all this time, this guy's dominating the other guy. Right, right. But cafeteria rules. Then there's there's that other school of thought where you have to take the champion's title, you know, which I don't really agree with. I think the the decision should be clear, but I think you go in neutral. I think when a guy's a champion, you go in neutral. You know, you both go in neutral, and if the champion, you know, if you win the decision, you're the new champion. If he wins the decision, he's a new champion. It doesn't have to be some crazy domination, you know, because that's what leads to, like, shitty decisions where a guy really does beat the champion, but he only edges them, and then he never gets the he never gets yeah, the nod. Those yeah. are frustrating as fuck, because yeah. you think, he did it, I think he did it. Yeah. The other problem with uh, the, the Frankie Edgar fight, this was a, uh, an interesting point, is that when you're watching a guy who you think is going to get his ass kicked... Right, a lot of people did. A lot of people thought Frankie Edgar was going to get, you know, BJ Penn is the greatest lightweight of all time. Frankie Edgar got beat by Gray Maynard. They're like, there's no way this guy's going to beat him. Right. So people like think that because he's doing well, he's winning. Like, wow, he's doing better than I thought he was doing. So they say, holy shit, he's beating him. He's beating him. Yes. But when you go back and you watch it, that's why it's so much so much pressure to be a champion. So much pressure. I'll never forget this. When BJ Penn beat Matt Hughes, I interviewed Matt after the fight, and Matt said that he was relieved. Really? Yeah. Just all the stress. He was super honest. He said, you don't know what it's like to be a champion, and everybody's always gunning after you. He goes, "Uh, to be honest with you, I'm really relieved. And I was really like, first of all, I was very impressed with his honesty. You know, that's a very honest thing to say, you know. It's yeah. when you you just fought and you're standing there covered in sweat, naked in front of the fucking whole world. And you're like, I'm relieved. I just lost. Right. Now I can catch a breath, you right. know, relax. And then he came back and won the title again. Yeah. You know, so I think he learned from the experience. But I think it's a tremendous amount of pressure for guys to, to fight and defend the title and to always worry about defending the title, especially in something like mixed martial arts. I mean, it's probably a tremendous amount of pressure if you're a fucking... A basketball team, 
you know, defending their, their world championship. But a fighter, when you, there's always guys coming up that are gunning for you. And every time you watch a UFC, there's some new murderer who's head-kicking dudes into a fucking coma. And he wants to do the same shit to you. And he's talking shit about you, calling you a faggot and a bitch. And like, Jesus Christ. You know, these guys get... That's why they're so goddamn sensitive. Is that what's going on right now with Tito and Liddell, isn't it? It seems like it. It seems like they're fighting back Tito and forth. Tito is not fighting Chuck Liddell. Oh, really? Not fighting Chuck Liddell. Oh. Chuck Liddell is going to be fighting Rich Franklin. And I can only say this because it's officially been released. Oh, okay. It was on the UFC's website. Oh. I can't say why. And They've been going back and forth on Twitter. I've been noticing it. It's kind of getting dirt. <sighs> okay. Yeah, well, that all it'll all come out what happened in time. I can't talk about it, though. Right. It's... um. Oh, yeah, oh. that's what it is. So, um, anyway, that's uh, that's that. Um, but you know, when when dudes are defending their title, I think there's a lot of emotions at stake, and I think that's one of the things that people have to take into consideration with this Anderson Silva fight. You know, Anderson Silva, everybody's angry at him, and every and it was a very disappointing fight, especially because the first two rounds. He looked like like fucking Bruce Lee. I mean, it was like ridiculous shit. He was he that flying knee that he hit him with in the first round. You're like Jesus Christ. He's just gonna steamroll this guy. He's just gonna keep doing this until this guy just crumples. And he's just gonna keep attacking at will, and he's breaking this dude's will. It was totally humiliating. But I think that the emotion of defending the title, the emotion and the pressure of being regarded as the best pound for pound fighter in the world, I think that's an insane amount of pressure. I think it's insane. And I think when Damian Maya said shit to him, like, I'm going to take one of his arms home with me, you know, Anderson got fucking crazy. So when he was in there after the first round, after he was kicking his ass, in the second round, he just started just talking mad shit and yelling at him in Portuguese. I wish I understood what the fuck he was saying. It's not been translated yet? Well, some people have given rough translations of it on the internet, but I don't know how you could possibly hear. I watched the fight, and I turned the volume way up. It's so hard to discern what he's saying. Because there's no vi- microphone on him. He's right. not mic'd. Headphones, man. And the crowd is screaming and cheering, and right. we're talking over him. Right. So me and Mike, we're talking, like, what is he saying? You know, and he's going nuts, screaming and yelling at, even if you had headphones on, I think it would still be hard. Hmm. Screaming and yelling at uh, Damian Maya, and I guess he was calling him, like, a spoiled rich kid or something like that. Like, does Damian Miles, like, comes from a better upbringing i don't know what it was where's your jiu-jitsu now is another thing that people were speculating he was saying right. like where's your jiu-jitsu where is it bam then kicks up where's your jiu-jitsu see i didn't have a problem with it like i'm not on the boat that dane is on and everyone else is on with it because i don't care about like the respect thing to me if he can play fucking air guitar in the ring you're putting up him up against somebody that's not that shouldn't be there like that if you put him in with like a brock that's just attacking him where he doesn't have a chance to do all this fun shit in the ring, then that's different than that guy just going to his back every time because he wants to get do jiu-jitsu. I mean, he, if he doesn't want to, you know, he was laying on his back, he kept on going to his back. To me, I was like, well, all right. he you only know? went to his back because he failed the takedown, and right. he, he has to do that. He yeah. has to fall backwards because if he moves forwards, he's going to get punted. Um, he doesn't really, that's, he really, when, when you pull, when you shoot on a guy and you don't get the takedown, what happens is, like, say, say you shoot on a guy, you try to get a hold of him, and he sprawls. You have to follow his... When a guy sprawls, he kicks his legs back. Right. When he kicks his legs back, you have to follow his legs with your legs to try to stay a hold of him. Right. But, of course, Anderson knew this was going to happen, and right. Anderson is so much more explosive and so much faster than him. Like, like so I've always like said, I thought, think he's in the Matrix. Like, yeah. I think he's just seeing this shit. Like, he can see something going on five seconds before it happens. And, then, and I think, all right, got to get somebody that's in the Matrix also. Okay, but... 
how come he couldn't keep doing that? Because he didn't do that in the fourth round. The fourth round, he got fucking whomped. The fourth or the fifth, he got hit with a big ass left hand. Where Daniel you know why? Because he got him. he stopped doing it because he heard what you know, all the people booing at him and probably Dana might have like got up and left or something crazy like that. He probably was like, "All right, I guess I have to get out of this matrix for a while and be somebody what that I'm the not." Fuck, are you talking well, about? Well, I mean, if you no. look, if you okay. look how Here's... smooth and calm he was up to like about the fourth one, right. then it seems like something happened between the third and the fourth. Brian. He was yelled at or something. Don't he you got, think? He got tired. Oh. That's what happened. He got tired. We're outside. Right. It's super humid. Right. It's hot as fuck. It's first time fighting outside. It's, you know, he's gotten two rounds of clowning in. Right. You know, and, you know, I think all that energy that he, ex- he expended, he could not keep up that kind of pace. Right. He was winning the fight based on sheer explosion and absolutely totally avoiding any damage. Right. Which is his style. But then he got hit. When he got hit in the third round, or, or the fourth round, rather, I think it was the fourth or the fifth, he got hit with a big left hand. I think he shut down. Yeah. I think he was like, fuck this. I think he really decided, like, I can get my, I can get hurt here. Hmm. You know, like, and he's tired. Right. You know, so he decided to keep moving. I really do think that's what happened. Because the fifth round, he didn't do jack shit. You know, and there was there was one segment where he was standing over Maya, and Maya was throwing bombs at him from his knees. Maya was throwing punches from his knees. And Maya was just trying to fucking kill him. He just couldn't connect to them. And in that kind of exchange, normally, Anderson just lights dudes up. Mm-hmm. That kind of exchange, the guy's coming at him, attacking him, bombing him, and he doesn't counter? Why isn't he countering? He can't, he's, t- not, he's tired. That's right. what happened. You know, and that, I don't hear a lot of people saying this. I think in the fourth and the fifth rounds, I think he was tired. I think he was too tired to to fight at his normal pace, which is his, his explosion inside and outside, his speed that he uses. He's lightning fast, man. And when he dives in like that, he's so much faster than everybody else. And that's one of the keys to his countering. But when he got tired, he wasn't as fast anymore. He right. just wasn't. He lost a lot of esteem. And I think he decided to just coast. He's like, fuck it. I won this fight. I'm just gonna coast. So, so do you hit. think do you think that's his fault for being able to coast? It's a good point. Because I mean, if Brock wouldn't let somebody coast for two round two two rounds. Neither would um you know Fedor. Fedor would put a guy out. He would he would find the guy and put it. But Fedor you know is not afraid to get hit. Anderson right. never gets hit. Fedor gets his face busted up. I mean the Brett Rogers fight like right in on like first round first minute he got hit with a big jab and his nose broke open. He had a cut on his nose going into the fight. Anderson never gets cut. Right. He never gets hit. He got hit more in the Damian Maya fight than I, I'd ever recall him. He definitely got hit harder. When Damian, there's there's one uh, animated GIF online that someone found um, of Damian Maya stepping in and and cracking Silva with a big fucking left hand and it really hit him square. And Silva wobbled and moved away and started dancing. That's a guy who got hit. That's a guy who was tired and got hit. I think he fucked around too much in the beginning. He blew a ton of energy. We're outside, it's humid, and then I think psychologically he starts thinking, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm acting like an asshole and screaming and yelling at this guy, and then he's standing in front of the dude clowning him and he gets cracked, mm-hmm. and then I think he just decided to move. Just fuck this. I'm See, I'm, I'm a huge Silva fan still. I don't I don't care what happened. I think he, if anything, he learned his lesson in, in this shit, but I, I don't, like all these people are like, you know, blaming him for this and I, I just don't right. see it I'm like why isn't the other guy the other guy let him all, all do all this well, here's the you know? problem here's the problem first of all it was a historic UFC he was the headline fight and one of the goals of course besides winning winning is the number one goal for right. a fighter but the other goal is to entertain you have to realize that you're in a partnership with the UFC and the UFC sells pay-per-view 
And what they say sell pay-per-view on is based on how impressive and exciting your performance is. Yeah, but would, when you, you, play would you do easy, that? When you play easy and you just run away and you don't attack, he could have finished that guy off in the second round. He could have maybe finished him off even in the third round. He had to just put himself in danger. And he's not willing to put himself in any danger. And he's, uh, you he's know, well very smart for that. He's yes. a well-calculated fighter. I, I don't blame I him. I see the argument for that. However... For what he did in the fourth round and the fifth round, I don't see an argument for. Right. Because he didn't do shit. Right. He didn't attack at all. He didn't fight. Right. He literally didn't fight. Maybe he couldn't. You know? I mean, he, didn't, <laughs> he, he definitely couldn't fight the way he fought in the first two right. rounds. And he's not willing, I think, at this point in time, with all the pressure on him being widely regarded as the best pound for pound fighter in the world, he's not willing to get into exchange and get cracked. You know, right. he's got a tremendous ego. Especially for entertainment. You know, yeah. I, I see the entertainment thing, but I uh -huh. also say, hey, is this entertainment part going to make me lose this fight? Because if it is, I'm not going to do that. You know? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's definitely some worry about that. I think he definitely was worried about, you know, if he was tired and if he was going to those fourth and fifth rounds. The only thing that makes sense to me is that he moved around because he didn't feel like he could fight at the pace that he fought at before. And when that guy hit him, he said, you know what? This isn't a game. I could get hurt here. I could lose. And I would look completely retarded. Right. So let's just move around. Fuck this yeah. guy. I'll throw some feints. Right. I'll move around. Faint. The other guy should have attacked him more. Yes. He couldn't. The bottom line with Damian Maia is Damian Maia has a tremendous heart, but his striking is so below what Anderson's is. The only way it's going to work is if Anderson's really tired. And Anderson wasn't willing to stand in front of him when he's really tired. So who do you think uh, Silva can fight that would just change the game? The guy will come in there and won't let Silva do any of this shit. It's a good question. Some people say Vitor Belfort. But the problem with Vitor Belfort is Vitor has had some very uneven performances. Like sometimes he just looks like unstoppable. Like against like Rich Franklin... You know, against Vanderlei Silva, he comes charging out in the first round. But sometimes, like against Sakuraba, things don't go his way and he kind of shuts down. Right. And guys wind up beating his ass. Like, he broke his hand in the Sakuraba fight early. And you could see him, like, totally shut down. And Sakuraba just kicked his ass. You know, in the Randy Couture fight, same thing. Randy Couture just broke him, got on top of him, and just beat him up. In his first fight with Randy Couture and in his third fight, the second fight, was stopped really quickly because Randy had a cut on his eyelid and his eyelid opened up like it was like split in the right. middle. Like, like he got glanced with a punch and then Vitor became the champ for one fight. And then when Randy beat him up in the rematch, Randy got on top of him and just broke him. You know, Vitor, if, if guys put a tremendous amount of pressure on him in the past, they've been able to break him. But the other the other argument to that is he was going through a tremendous amount of personal problems back then. He's a different guy now. His his sister had been abducted and kidnapped and killed, and he was like really devastated for years, you know. And that he's over that now, and he's very religious and more at peace with himself and more like in tune. And his last few performances have been staggering, like the Matt Lindland destruction. He destroyed Matt Lindland. He looked outstanding. And then he came to the UFC and destroyed Rich Franklin. I mean, he looks scary as fuck. And Anderson, you know, did not want that fight. They were talking mad shit to each other. I mean, they were, they, you know, Ed Anderson's manager was trying to say that Vitor doesn't deserve the title fight. Like, what are you talking about? He's the scariest motherfucker at 185 besides Anderson. Right. Of course he deserves it. I don't think they wanted that fight. I think that, you know, you, they can talk all the shit they want about him being weak and, you know, Vitor's weak and he breaks mentally. He comes at you in that first round. You have to fight him before you break him, okay? And before you break him, he's throwing light speed fucking barrages of punches like no one else in the business. He's scary as fuck. 
And if he really is a, a better, more mature person, if he really is more centered now and he's not going to break and really is like at home with himself and really his problems in the past were he was going through a lot of emotional and personal problems, but those have actually made him stronger. If that's the case, everybody's fucked because that guy's a freak. He's so fucking fast. He might be the only guy that's faster than Anderson. He's a counter-striker, and he's not as long as Anderson, so Anderson would have a little bit of an advantage in a reach advantage, but goddamn, Vitor's fast as fuck. But he's John a Jones? super athlete. John Jones is a freak, too. But John Jones is 205. John Jones can't make 185. What about GSP versus Silva? Could that ever happen? It was going to happen. That should happen. It was going... No, they'll never do that now. <clears throat> they can't trust Anderson. Now they can't trust him to perform. And this is what I was saying before. This is why this fight was so important. This is why they're so pissed. Okay, because of the last two rounds, you know, him just running away. The UFC is owned 10% of his own by Flash Entertainment, which is the royal family in Abu Dhabi. Mm. And this was like a huge showcase for them. This mm. was like their, their big acquisition. You know, they're partners now, and they're going to help bring the UFC to all these world markets all over the world. So everyone's all excited about this. Right. So then they have this huge event where it's like a $3 million gate, okay? For, that's the, for the ticket sales. They have fucking Ferrari World. They put it inside Ferrari World. First outside thing. The thing looks fantastic. The crowd is insane. The crowd was awesome. They were so pumped up. Everybody oh, was no. super fucking rowdy. Every fight was chaos. Except the BJ Penn Frankie Edgar fight. That was just very close. You know, but there was some wild ass fights before the Black Brad, Brad, uh, Brad Blackburn and Demarcus Johnson. God damn! Mm -hmm. Kendall Grove and Mark Munoz. That fucking fight was awesome. It was just nuts. Right. The, the crowd is hyped to the gills. Anderson Silva comes in. They go fucking crazy. That ain't no sunshine when she's gone. The music plays. <laughs> yeah. You see him dancing. They're going fucking bananas. And he runs for the last two rounds. Yeah. And, dude, it was a disaster. Everybody walked out of there with their their head hung, mm -hmm. shaking their head, going, what the fuck? Everyone right. was disappointed. It wasn't like there was two arguments. Some people were saying, well, I see his point. Why take a chance? Right. No. Everyone was bummed out. Right. What the UFC sells is just wild shit. You're selling wild fucking chaos fights. The most exciting sport in the world. What Anderson Silva is selling is he's the very best at the wild shit. Right. And meanwhile, he didn't do it. The right. last two rounds, he just ran away. That's terrible for the business. It's terrible for what the UFC is trying to accomplish in other countries. It's terrible for their new partnership with Flash Entertainment. It's, it's terrible, terrible to have a UFC outside and all the fighters be out of their element, too. It is. You're right. But it's even. They're both out of their element. Yeah. But they're also, I mean, that's just different. You know, that's like playing football by in the, the time snow. He was, he was fighting, though, it, was, it had cooled down. It had right. cooled down to, like, maybe the 70s. Hmm. But the first guys. Yeah. John Madsen and, uh, and Mustafa Al-Turk, those motherfuckers fought in a sauna. So what do you think about that Gracie fight, though? I, I, I thought that was awful. Well, Henzo hadn't trained for two and a half years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. He said he didn't train at all. This is what he said in the post-fight interview. And then he um, trained for six months for the fight, and it just wasn't enough. Matt Hughes, for him, he had been looking to knock somebody out forever. Mm -hmm. So for him, it was, it was an awesome opportunity to finally get someone who's going to stand in front of him. Wow. You know, yeah, I liked Matt leg, Hughes in it. Yeah, he leg-kicked the shit out of him. I thought he was going to take him down. Yeah. I thought he would beat him from the top. Because Matt Hughes, even though like Henzo has like really good jiu-jitsu, Matt Hughes' jiu-jitsu is very underrated. And he's very, very strong in his wrestling. Look, look what he did to Hoist when he got him on the ground. Yeah. He just ran through Hoist when he got him on the ground. Yeah. He's strong as fuck, man. 
And I, I just think, uh, you know, it would have been more exciting if they went to the ground. Right. You know, they were, both would have been in their element. Instead, it was like a sloppy kickboxing it match. It was bad. Yeah. It looked like Ultimate Fighter, like the first One. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like like the, the, yeah. the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch. They, I mean, they're both doing things they're not good at. It's like you and I, we're going to have a one-on-one game of basketball. Right. We both fucking <laughs> that, suck that at basketball. Bad. Yeah. It would be terrible, you know, but, you know... If they both had a, um, if they tried to take each other down and you know and and had a ground battle, that would have been exciting as fuck. For Matthews though, it's, it was a smart move. He had an advantage standing up, and plus, no one's going to take him down. It's very tough to take that guy. You got to be like GSP to take Matthews down. Right. So he wasn't going to take him down, and Matthews felt like he had an advantage standing, so beat him up. <clears throat> so that's what he did. He beat him up with leg kicks, slowed him down, and then eventually planted him. You know, I think uh, Matt Hughes still has a lot of fights in him if he wants to. There's still a lot of good matchups for him if he really gets motivated. I don't think he's going to fight like that with that many people, though. I think his decision to stand up with him was purely based on that he felt like he had an advantage in that position. He needs to change his opening song already. I'm done with it. Oh, get the fuck out of here. That's a goddamn classic. Richard man says it's the end. I fuck know. you. I'm going to play that now because you say that, you motherfucker. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, it's... it's fuck uh, you. So done with that. I, I think I, my favorite fights are the that, that Japanese dude that's not fighting anymore at the UFC because he lost the last one where he dresses up and he has fun with the opening. Like the Japanese oh, pride yeah. guy. Gono's yeah. the best. He is my favorite, man. When yeah, he, He's, he's a fucking crazy. I wish they would. There's no chance he's ever coming back to UFC, right? Yeah, there's a chance. Oh, really? Gono's still pretty young, man. I like him. He's one of my favorites. You love this song, motherfucker. The Mississippi River, she's a gold dry. This is his walkout. Come on, man. This is a great goddamn song. <laughs> So you never wanted to live in the woods like this motherfucker? Yeah, I liked it the first 500 times I've heard it. God, I don't give a shit. When he comes out to that, he's fucking chewing on yeah, his mouthpiece. Come on, son. This is the greatest walkout music ever. I know. In my, my opinion, there's no better walkout music than this song for Matt Hughes. There's yeah. no better match. Doesn't, doesn't, what's better? Come on, son. It's perfect for him, but mix it up a little I'm always about mixing it up a little nah you lie the guy won a million fucking fights with that song yeah fuck you it's the greatest song ever plus the UFC owns that song oh that's that's perfect they bought the rights to that song really? because of uh, Matt that's Hughes cool. yeah so that's they cool. use it all the time yeah they're, the UFC is fucking they're crazy is they, there they any word on the new Kimbo fight <clears throat> Kimbo versus Mitrione um, May, May 9th nice <clears throat> in Montreal nice you can go if you want want to come Where's to Montreal? It at? Montreal Montreal yeah. no I don't want to go yeah, kid gets fucking four seats to the UFC. Hey, how about all you people out there that are like, fuck, man, I would like to go. You can't even go. That's bullshit. All right. Um, so, uh... I actually prefer it, dude, watching it on TV. Yeah. But... You I'm, would, too. You I, I bet you would, I'm, too. I'm if you were with us, we go to Barney's Beanery now. There will come a time where I will be watching it on TV. I'm not going to do this forever. Yeah, we go to Barney's Beanery. There's a TV at our table. A plasma right in front of us. Yeah. There's like movie theater TVs. Right. We got waitresses bringing us the yeah. junk for Worst food ever. Beer. Yeah. There's like 20 of us. I mean, that's it's like a move. party. Yeah, that's better, right? It's way better. It is better. God damn it. <laughs> you got to call in sick soon. I know, right? <laughs> I'm responsible for part of the entertainment part of it, though. The talking part. Yeah. You know? I would like to. I like watching it with commentary, man. I, I don't. I would way rather watch somebody else do commentary, like Michael Chavello, or like if Michael Chavello and Goldberg got together and then like put a fighter in there, like Pat Miletic or something like that. I'd be happy as fuck to 
sit home and watch that. Right. You know? You're too bad you can't do it from your home. Like, you know, how, like, XM radio stations, that you, they could do their shit yeah. from home now. Too bad you can't no. just sit there with a TV and watch. No, because I have to interview <laughs> the fighters. What are they yeah. going to do? They, Holograms, man. With a monitor? <laughs> Real doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a robot fuck doll of me. <laughs> That's what we, like what we were talking about before. Like that when they could replicate people, the first thing they're gonna do is replicate celebrities so you could fuck them. Yeah. So no, I eventually though I'm just gonna do stand up. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but maybe sooner than later. I'm I'm not, I don't like all this traveling. You know, the, it's the, getting the, crazy. The, yeah. You know, that was that one. Your health, man. There's one thing that everyone was talking about at the bar I was at. Is that there's too many UFCs now? Yeah, they were all talking about that. Really? Yeah, they're like, that's why yeah. we're coming here because I can't afford two UFCs a, a month. Yeah. Meanwhile, the pay per view numbers are still awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're always be awesome. You know, man. the point is though, the more they do it, the more it grows and the more it becomes a part of like the culture. And it's twelve months a year and it never stops. I mean, it really is going to take over everything. It's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen eventually? <clears throat> I'll probably just do the Vegas ones eventually. Yeah. I'll just do some of them. You know, or to LA. When they come stop. back to LA, they won't come never... back very often. They go to LA like once a year or every two years or something like that. It's just, we've got too many places to go. We've got to go to fucking Germany and Ireland and Australia and How all about this Ohio? shit. Ohio? Why yeah. does it have to be crazy? Like well, this? the WEC went to Ohio this year. I know. But why do you have to go to Afghanistan? Is Why do you just go to Ohio? You know? Because <laughs> they want to take over the world. You know? They want to take over the world. Look, they have a product that was very, very undersold. Right. When they first came into the UFC, the UFC had insane potential. But very little coverage. Very few people know about it. When when I first started working for the UFC was in 1997, and it, the company that I worked for was SEG, a very a much smaller company than the you know the UFC now with Zufa. It was you know it was a we didn't, a lot of the same guys are still there. Um, a lot of the like behind the scenes guys. We did shows in like little fucking high school auditoriums in like Dothan, Alabama, and shit like really small ass shows. And we always said, you know what this sport needs? This sport needs some fucking crazy billionaires who just love the sport to come in there and just shove it in front of people's faces. Put it on TV, spend a fuckload of money, and make it huge. But nobody ever thought that was really going to happen. But that is what happened. With Zufa, what happened is these guys that own 22 fucking casinos happened to be UFC fans, and they decided to buy it for fun. You know, let's buy the UFC. That'll be fun. Right. And so they get Dana to run it. I mean, you'd have to be crazy to get that fucking guy to run it. Right. You know, I mean, think about that. Or really intelligent. Yeah, well, he's the perfect guy he's for it. He's the perfect guy. The perfect guy for it. But what other corporation would have us a, a, a president or a CEO like that? A fighting corporation. But they wouldn't, <laughs> there are no other ones. You know what I'm saying? It's like you would go, they would have a businessman who would step in and do it. Meanwhile, right. Dana is just a nut and a crazy fight fan. I mean, he's the perfect guy for the job. Literally, you couldn't get a better guy for the job. But. You know, when, then they, they took over, but they realized when they took over, once it started taking off after the Ultimate Fighter TV show started airing, they realized that all the sport needed in America was exposure. And this is a sport that transcends cultural boundaries, languages. It, it transcends everything, traditions. Everybody understands fighting. You know, nobody's going to watch fucking cricket in America. You're never going right. to sell that. You know, you could try to make people think they're sophisticated if they enjoy soccer. Or maybe, you, you know, your family's from Latin America, so you like soccer. But no one is going to fucking buy cricket. They're not going to buy cricket. But fighting, fighting is everywhere. You, you, can, you can watch fighting in China. You can watch fighting in Germany. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you understand the language. 
It, I like watching the old prides when the uh, I used to get prides straight from Japan. And the commentary would all be in Japanese. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't even know what they were saying, but when a dude would get knocked out, they would go crazy screaming in Japanese. It was fucking awesome. I didn't have to know what they were saying. I love it. I loved everything about Pride, even the opening walk. Yeah. I thought was great. I did like all the pageantry, how they had the giant screens, the dude's face on it and shit. I thought that was pretty cool. I think it's fun, man. It's ridiculous. They had pyrotechnics for a while, but then Joe Hill de Oliveira got burnt. He got barbecued during one of the pyrotechnics. Well, that's what the CBS fight MMA tried to do, right? Do like, they? Yeah, they had like live music bands, like Kid Rock. Would be, oh, you know, you're talking about no, Elite XC. Yeah, Elite that XC, was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. Yeah. And they had a band play a song. Oh, no, Affliction did that. Affliction Yeah, it was did Affliction. That. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, those silly fucks. They uh, had a band play a song in the middle of the fucking fight. Like in the in the middle of the show, was it either the middle of the show? Were fights did fights go on and then the band? Played, I think that's or what it band was. Playing the beginning. I think it, that's what it was in between fights or something <sighs> like that. So dumb. I you don't want to mix that. It's like people have asked me before to like open up for bands, like do comedy for. Uh, you know, we're gonna have like four bands. We like you to go on in the middle do comedy. It's Fuck, the, it's it's, the worst. it doesn't work like that, yeah. man. Nobody wants to see your comedy when they're in the the groove to to see music, and nobody wants to see your fucking band if they're in the groove to see fights. You know, it's just like you can't stop a rock concert and put on a fight. You can't do it. It wouldn't right. be as good. You know, you couldn't have like some fucking awesome Rolling Stones concert and then stop it halfway through the middle and have like an MMA fight. People would be like, "What is this? This is bullshit." What yeah, am I watching? Totally. Totally. Phone ringing. You 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 only you, it's it's better when you only have one thing. You know, one thing is good. These extravaganzas, with well, that's why I hate doing like award shows doing comedy on award shows because they have like all these awards and little clips and then, and then you do stand up in the middle of it it's like oh the last time i did that was the guy's choice award for spike it was disastrous it was terrible nobody wanted to hear anybody's comedy right. it was like the whole thing was like they were sitting there for three hours watching some boring ass award show it's like they wanted to just get the fuck out of there by the time i got on stage was, did you hear about the conan deal yeah, he's going to do TBS. Right before Lopez. That's I awesome. I think it's good for him. Oh, you know it's why? great for both of them. For both of them, yeah. And you know why I think it's good for him, too? Is because they'll let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. It's That's TBS. What, what exactly. the fuck? Exactly. TBS is going to blow up it's now. It's going to blow up. And by the way, Conan's already rich, right? He made so much money from that just leaving NBC. You know, they gave him like 35 million bucks. Yeah. He can do whatever the fuck he wants now. Is TBS the same company as Spike? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Comedy Central is. Comedy Central and Spike are. That's why my, my special first aired on Spike and then aired on Comedy Central. Right. Um, and you can get my that DVDs available now. So go go buy that. Shit Amazon purchase. link on your website. Yeah, it's on my web on JoeRogan.net and it's on. Uh, it was the number two on iTunes. Yeah. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, Robin Williams. What <sighs> the fuck? It's hilarious. Did you ever go ahead of beat him? I don't know if I ever beat I him. I bet you have. But God. I, how could I don't get that? <laughs> I understand how some people think some things some things are funny. You know, there's some guys that I get that people think they're funny, but I don't see it. The Robin Williams thing goes right over my head. I just I go, what are you laughing at? I have never laughed at him once. Right. Maybe in a movie, you know, like I, when I was a Vietnam kid, I loved something like that. When I was a kid, I listened to his stand up because it was raunchy, like he was talking about his right. dick, and I was like you know seven years old watching hbo you know so I, that's the only reason i ever liked him he never did it for me and and then when i heard he was a giant thief then uh, he's forever tainted yeah. like even if he says something funny i'm watching uh, he says something funny i'm like where'd you get that from you know who'd right. you steal that from you fuck right you know 
So, uh, speaking of crazy celebrities, did you hear about Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal got arrested. It did? <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's impossible. He's getting, uh, he's getting, oh, I'm sorry, he's getting sued. He didn't get arrested. Oh. Uh, Andy Dick is, uh, he, Andy Dick got arrested. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. He walked into someone's house. Well, he was also, the day before, he was uh, thrown out of a winery in Santa Barbara for being too drunk. How do you get thrown out of a winery? I, I blame Dr. Drew. You blame Dr. Dr. Drew? Dr. Drew? If you're out there, I blame you. Uh, why do you blame Dr. Drew? You have enabled Andy Dick, yeah. sir. He was on Sober House with Dr. Drew. Oh, that's the kind of, I don't know. Wasn't don't, Dr. Drew Sober House? Was that it? I don't think so. Whichever one it is. What is it? Celebrity Rehab? Was he on that? He was on one of them. He was on Celebrity Rehab? I don't he think something. I don't know. He's probably just maybe, on maybe Dr. I'm, Drew's dick. Maybe I'm just imagining. How, <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Dr. Drew. We're just kidding. Just kidding, Dr. Drew. Just kidding. Uh, fucking Celebrity Rehab is spectacular. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows ever. If you ever wanted like motivation to not do drugs, watch Tom Sizemore on Celebrity oh. Rehab. Dude, like, not even him. What about that chick? That, that oh, annoying... Heidi Fleiss? Oh, no, the other one. No, yeah. the crazy sex yeah, addict chick. Yeah. I, I, I swear to God, she's one of those girls that, that they shouldn't even have her on the show because it's just yeah. disgusting yeah. to watch. She's pretty gross. I actually like the ended up liking the girl from that day. What's that? She used to be on that old sitcom uh, that has the dog that died during the show uh, that wrote the book about being molested. Oh, by. Mackenzie Phillips. I actually yeah. liked her. At, yeah, by the she, end well, of she's that. a nice person. Yeah, she seemed cool. The, her whole stories are horrific. Horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. If you don't know the story, Mackenzie Phillips' dad fucked her like her whole life. Like yeah. she had a sexual relationship with her dad, like her whole life. And her dad shot her up with heroin or with cocaine when she was 11. Jesus Christ. What? Ugh. 11. And her, her dad shot her up with coke. I mean, the whole thing is just the, the most horrific thing you could ever possibly imagine. That someone would do this to their kid and fuck their kid. Their whole life had a sexual relationship with their kid. And to the point where she told her, like, hey, we could leave. We could go to countries where this is totally acceptable. What country is he going to go to? Right. What country is it acceptable to fuck your kids? Right. Is there one out there? No. That should be just death. Jesus Christ. That should be death. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of death, the Catholic religion is fighting to... Uh, they're trying to uh, um, impose a statute of limitations on sexual molestation cases. Oh, really? Because right now there's a, a statute of limitations on sexual molestation cases that's like... I believe it's like 30 years. So they're trying to uh, impose... Uh, they're, they're trying to make sure that that sticks. They, they want to make sure that um, they, don't, they don't change it to no statute of limitations. Because then... Anytime someone has a case. Right now, if a case is more than 30 years old, I think it's 30 years. Pretty sure. If a case is more than 30 years old, uh, you have to, if you're going to be a part of a case, you have to be joining with other people that are, that are also inside the case. So say if someone has a, a case that's 29 years old mm -hmm. and yours is 30 and the same priest fucked you, right. then you can join in if uh, yours is older. I see. But if yours is... You know, is the individual case you, you they're, they're saying you, they don't want you to be able to sue and people are saying no this is crazy That's crazy and meanwhile the, the Catholic Church is urging people to vote against this because they're saying that it's an assault on the church how is pedophiles how is shielding pedophiles with a statute of limitations how is that fucking helping the church yeah. and how would getting rid of uh, any any statute of limitations that would you know impose a timeline for when you can be prosecuted for a, a horrible crime against humanity? How could that be what God wants? That God wants you to I'm sick of it, Joe. 
You know, it's you know, Joe. I was thinking about today. I just got in a huge fight with my sister. I unfacebook. Oh, her. your sister. Let's talk about. Yeah. It. Well, you can't talk about. Well, it, I totally. can't, but I can tell you yeah. about this. I un I unfacebooked her, oh. and because I unfacebooked her, she's about to have a baby, and she said that I, I could no longer be an uncle because I unfacebooked her. But there's only two times. You can't be an uncle anymore. She's not allowing me. Oh, that's but, hilarious. But this all stems. You want to be an uncle to my daughter? Huh? Sure. Oh, you're an uncle now. I am well, uncle there you now. Go. See? So... <laughs> you can't steal. You can't steal the uncle. He's an uncle. <laughs> so anyways, there was uh, two times that I've gotten into such a huge fight with my sister. Both of these times, it rooted from religion. Well, you know what, man? People want to believe that there's some rules and, and regulations to the world because it makes them feel better. And when you come along and say that they're not, that they don't exist, then it makes them have to reevaluate their whole life. And they fucking hate it and they get angry at you because you're fucking up their peace. You're fucking they, – they've developed a peace of mind from the idea that you know, God is great, God is good, and you do the right things, you're going to go to heaven. Like that helps them get through the day, man. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's a nice, simple box to put the world in. And when you go, fuck, it's a fucking box. Look, it's yeah. a box. Throw it away. <laughs> they go, fuck you. Yeah. Give me my box. Right. And they want that box back, man. And it but makes sense. It's so ridiculous. The real problem is when anybody tells you that they know. That's when it's the problem. Game over. Game over. Game over, man. Game over, man. It's fucking, <laughs> fuck this, man. You, you can't tell me you know. You don't know, man. You're not dead. You're not in heaven. You're not an alien. You're not from the future. You don't know. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you religion. don't know. Fuck religion. Fuck it all. Fuck religion. Fuck, fuck any ideologies. Anybody telling you how you can live your life. You know what, what is good? When people offer advice and people say, this is what I've learned from my mistakes and this is what I've learned from my life and this can possibly benefit you if you come across the same situations. This is what I've learned. This made my life easier. This made my life better. I learned to be nicer to people. I learned to suck it up when this happens. I learned to look in the mirror when you got problems. I learned to evaluate, you know, and look at my own life objectively before I start pointing the finger at other people. Those are all things that can help you. But when you start talking about, you know, you kind of have pork and Allah does not If a photo of Muhammad is available, you must die. Jeez, that guy keeps on getting threatened. He's only, he almost got killed, uh, murdered the other day. Which guy? The guy that, the cartoonist that drew Muhammad. Oh, yeah. The other day, he him. almost got, like, it was like last week or something like that. He Dude, almost... people have been killed for that. People have been killed for drawing. Muhammad. Why is Trey Parker and Matt Stone not dead yet? Then? Did they draw Muhammad? Oh, they had a whole episode about Muhammad. <laughs> That's a good question. This guy just had a stupid family circus comic. When I went over to uh, uh, Abu Dhabi, I was thinking, oh, I hope none of these motherfuckers have a copy of Shiny Happy Jihad. I know, I was thinking that, <laughs> I was thinking that too. Dude, my fucking C my last CD, not this one, but the one before that, was called Shiny Happy Jihad. Oh, they probably know I that. I have a copy of it. You I'm going to start giving them away because I just got a box of them. Right. Did your one CD is out of print. I still think the idea the first of... first one? I had an idea. He has this no, old, no, old no. CD to... Can't do it. Remix it. No, 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 remix it. Like, remix the bits into, like, you yeah, know, because they're all no. lost bits. Yeah, but they're gone. They got to go. Yeah, but that's gotta, a good idea. I need new shit, yeah. man. Yeah. I got to keep going. But this is... This was what I was worried, if you don't not familiar with any of my comedy. It's fucking... It's called Shiny Happy Jihad... And it's me. Can you see that? Yeah. It's glare. me. Where's the glare here? Just, yeah. There we go. It's me with fucking TNT, and it says Jihad on it. I mean, that's. It's probably one of my best CDs. I think it's my favorite. Uh, I like the, it. the last one is really good too. The last one's a little headier. This one's a little sillier. 
I don't know. It's one of my favorites. But I was like, God, I hope none of these motherfuckers have this. Because, like, half of the bits are about suicide bombing and fucking making fun of Osama bin Laden living in a cave. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of, bang, 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 jihad. There's a lot of that in there. Some guy remixed that jihad and made a, a terrible song out of it. I still think you need to work on your new song that you wrote in Tempe. I think that's a great oh, song. Like that. uh, you got, he, he has a song that's in Tempe. Where was it? Arizona that was number I one. Your girl's butthole. Oh, that song. The yeah. Voodoo Panani yeah, song. Yeah, well, that song. Yeah, that song was really um, popular in, uh, in Phoenix. It's called Voodoo Panani. It was like number one for like. Yeah, it was number one for like a couple of months because these guys, uh, Tim and Mark in, uh, in Phoenix. I love those guys. Yeah, they don't work there anymore, unfortunately. They got fired. Oh. You probably don't know them. You're thinking of somebody yeah. else. No, the ones that we filmed the original uh, DVD for like three years ago, four years ago. Uh, Were they there? Yeah, I filmed something for it. Whatever. Well, anyway, these guys, they started playing it. It's this uh, song about pussy, about voodoo pussy. It's called Voodoo Punani. But you can play it on the radio. It's like, it's pretty clean. It's all about, any guy knows what this is all about. Like, there are, there are girl vaginas are not created equal. They're just not. You know, and and sex is not equal either. You you can have sex with one person and it's boring as fuck, and then you can have sex with another chick and she's just a goddamn freak. And every now and then you'll come across a girl who's a freak and she's got a super pussy. And there are pussies that are super pussies. Yeah. Where yes. you, you you get in there and you're like, God damn. There was this one girl that I used to fuck, and literally her her pussy was like it was like velvet. It was like something going on in there. It was wow. like it just gripped your dick. It was, and she wasn't a small girl. She was tall, but her pussy was super tight and always wet. And it was, and she was a just a total pervert, wow. just a freak. And literally, it was like a drug. And I, and and I used to, I used to call it voodoo pussy. I'm like, this bitch has got voodoo pussy. So I had to write a song about voodoo pussy. So I, I wrote this song, Voodoo Punani, which is one of my. 1999 CD, which is called uh, I'm Gonna Be Dead Someday. So, um, you know, I, I thought about writing another song. I might write something else if I found a subject. I like the new one. I thought the new one that you new one is pretty funny. I've seen your girl's butthole. We were high one night and I just started singing that and it got stuck in everybody's head. And all night we were just walking around going, I've seen your girl's butthole. I can't yeah. tell you what the subject, why <laughs> this came up. Yeah. There's this dude that we know was dating this girl that does some things where you might be able to see her butthole, like the whole world could see it. It's funny. So. I like that guy, though. He's a good guy. He's a good dude. I like that dude. Uh, <laughs> so you've been using your uh, iTab, what's it called, iPad a lot lately? Yeah, 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 definitely. How was the battery life? Did you Fucking use it the phenomenal. whole, whole yeah, way? I used it the whole way. I didn't charge it once. I charged it right before I left, but I was reading like with it every day, like reading in bed. And uh, I was uh, watch. I was uh, surfing the web on it. Yeah. I was doing all sorts of shit on it, man. I have Incredible. a review I just did, and I showed this new application that lets you take your iPhone and it Bluetooth connects it to your iPad. Yeah, and it's like a that. wireless webcam. I saw that, that's and that's insane. just like a shitty programming. Can you yeah. imagine if uh, Apple releases? Uh, here's what. Here's my. Here's my rumor. What I think it's going to be. I just made this up last night. Uh, so they have the new iPhone that comes out in June. They're going to announce. Right. There's all this rumor saying it's going to have a front-facing camera with iChat, so you can do iChat live video. On on your phone so what i think they're waiting for that rumor and they're going to release a bluetooth hd camera that will snap on top of your itab and do the same thing so you can have like a little wireless camera for it 
Why don't they just have a camera built inside of it? Why have to hit some Bluetooth thing up? That's gay. Because then the Bluetooth's going to run out of batteries, and how's it going to plug? I'm going to have to charge it. That's stupid. Well, well, this new iPhone. Camera. Why can't you make a camera in there? I think they're going to have. I think it's going to be like a $300 camera. I think it's going to be like HD, like high quality. You're camera. just making this up. Well, no, oh no, you're, I am making this all up. You're this no is my rumors. Than those Jesus people. This is my rumors. Well, you, well, I was I right. Think, I, I've been I right. think it's going to go back in time. <laughs> I think you can go back in time with the new <laughs> iPad, and it'll suck your dick while you take a shit. That, well, it's I mean, awesome. That program alone just kind of made me go, you know what, this, something like this is coming. That's what's going to happen eventually. Eventually, it's going to be like a portal to another dimension. There'll be a mouth on the other dimension. You get a hard-on, and you put the iPad, and your dick goes right through the iPad to someone's mouth. Oh, uh, can world. you imagine? Oh, you nut in another dimension. Dude, pull your iPad out. But some dude's What if it crashes halfway through? Yeah, ah! And your dick is stuck in the fucking 11th dimension. <laughs> it's just floating around. They'll be like, you know, they'd, they'd have a special episode. Sort of Oprah Winfrey guys who lost half their dick into another dimension. <laughs> Maybe one dude was like, I only lost the tip. I was just about to put it in and we had a power outage. <laughs> I was just about to put it in. I guess it was some sort of a solar flare. So now, I mean, the, the top of my dick is flat. It's kind of a novelty. Uh, it just no. goes in like a beer can. He doesn't have a head. It doesn't have a curve to it. Just a big flat. Yeah. Uh, who knows what the fuck is coming up next, man? There's gonna be some crazy shit though. It's gonna it's gonna keep going. They're gonna keep inventing more and more nutty shit. And like I said before, I think that it's all it. Everything has to do with connectivity. Everything has to do with bringing people closer and closer together. That's what this whole Tiger Woods thing is all about. That this would not have happened 30, 40 years ago because there wouldn't be the kind of connectivity that people have now with the internet. The internet keeps it's getting worse and worse, man. Did you hear? Uh, what else just came out the other day that uh, fucking Oprah Winfrey? Uh, Oprah Winfrey, yeah, yeah, Her and book, it's yeah. Jesse James. It's just going to, yeah. it's just uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. There was a good uh, uh, whole article on this whole thing on Gizmodo or Gizmondo or whatever it's called. Yeah, com about celebrities ruining their t uh, careers from Twitter and all that <laughs> stuff because there's too much information is getting out about yeah. them. And, you know, it's, too, it's crazy. That is a good point because a lot of celebrities, um, really, the illusion is way better than who they are. Oh, yeah. You know, you get to know them. Right. You know, like. Because it is all a trick. Yeah. You know, most it's, of it's, it. Arnold Schwarzenegger's a trick, obviously. Well, look, you know how few actors would ever want to do something like this? Fuck. If yeah. they did, like... Because, look, look at us. There's no makeup. We're just fucking hanging out in my office. Look, I'm a fucking slob. That's all my shit. I'm cleaning <laughs> out my office. This is my... My new desk is behind me. I bought this fucking desk a year ago, and I still have not set it up yet. The desk that everything's on right now is too big. So this desk I'm getting rid of. I'm moving that desk into place, and that wall is going to be uh, green screened. I like so, how you always buy things, and it's always in yeah, plastic yeah, shrunk. I don't even open them. Like, you have so I'm many things song. that you've never even opened. Well, I am <laughs> what, what you would be like. Like if you were 12 years old and all of a sudden you had money. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> Somebody just gave you free money. You yeah. just, just buy stupid shit. This, I have this because um, I think that um, I think a lot of things up in my car and I don't right. want to be fiddling around. Right, you just want to push buttons. I just okay. want to push a button. So I got a yeah. digital recorder. When I drive, I come up. Do you drive? you come up with a lot of ideas when you drive? Yeah, yeah, I do. But but you know what's funny is I we talked about this last week to the point where like I have to get my words out as quick as possible. Yeah. It happened to me like two days after that. I thought of this hilarious thing about Metallica. People were talking about Metallica. I'm like, oh, got to get my iPhone out. Got my iPhone out. And somebody says, hey, Brian. I'm like, oh, hey. 
fuck lost it. Yep. Don't even remember what it is. I've been trying yeah. to think about it all the time. It was so fucking funny, though. I can't even remember. What yeah, it it's when someone's talking to you and you have an idea, you can totally lose it. Like, I'll get, if an idea is awesome, I will cover my ears and run away from yeah. someone. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? You're fucking rude. And then, and then I have to come back and explain to them, I'm so sorry. I had an idea and it was super important. But for me, any idea like that is like, those are diamonds. Right. Like, there's ideas that I've come up with like you know that became bits you know that those bits are so valuable to me you know like 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 my Anna Nicole Smith bit or something like that like some of the classic bits that I had in the past what if as I was thinking that up somebody came up to oh, me yeah. and started talking Gone. to me about their stupid bullshit right because some people are fucking brutal and they don't take the hints right ever right. like they just want to say what they have to say to you you can't say Can you hold on a second hold on a second they'll just keep talking no, hold on a second that. dude stop fuck I forgot fuck and then yeah. You know you what sucks? Is I was him. watching the UFC next to a guy I, didn't, I just met. It was a friend of a friend. But the whole fight, he, he sounded like a uh, reporter from the 1920s talking to Dick Tracy. He was like, so what do you think about that? Huh? Hey, yeah. So what do you think about that? So, uh, and, and, like, uh, and I'm like, he even talked like that. He's like, what do you think about his legs? Huh? I think his legs are good. Huh? And I'm just like, oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> the worst. Uh. I hate people. Like... I hate when people don't have that that quality of self-evaluating. Yes. You know what I mean? That just drives yes. me crazy when I meet somebody that does that. How important is that? Uh, it's God, insane. It's so, we know a lot of people that don't have that quality. Yeah. yeah. We know a lot, of, a lot people. of people. Most people don't have that quality. No. It's a bad quality. And usually the people, this that's another thing, the people who don't have that quality are usually not successful. And it's one of the reasons why they're not successful. Yeah. Is that there's a, there's a disconnect between them and other people. Other people do not see them the way everybody else does or, or, or them the way rather they see themselves they, they see themselves like completely distorted and that's why they haven't been successful they're not being objective because objectivity requires pain you know no one's perfect okay especially when you're younger if you're not making mistakes you're not trying if you're not trying you're not gonna get better at anything you do you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make horrible mistakes I mean one of the reasons I got good at stand-up is because being bad at stand-up is so fucking painful you know, and the only way you you got to find that out by getting in front of people and having them hate you, having them not laugh and boo you. Well, a lot of people don't have an audience in their life. They don't have anything to evaluate themselves with, mm -hmm. so they don't evaluate themselves. Right. So they have this distorted perception of how cool they are. That's with guys and drinking. That's the most painful. The most oh, drinking, yeah, drunks oh. are the worst. And and I've been, I, I admit it, I've done it before. But I've also like the next day slapped my forehead, going, okay, right. to next time I drink, I got to remember that I do right. that, and I need, to, you know, I. But there's some people, especially the guys, get really close in your face yeah. when they're drunk. And, oh, oh, some dude did that in, in Abu Dhabi. He kept telling me that he was some prince's cousin. And bro, I did bro. this and that, and man, you come with me, all the bitches, man, come on, man, we're gonna do business together, you know, you and I are gonna open up, I'm like, dude, get the fuck away from me, yeah. you're, you're spitting in my ear, he's like, speeding, <laughs> uh, speeding uh. in my ear, man. And telling me how we're going to go into business together in Dubai. I'm like, get the, get the <laughs> no, fuck man. out of here, man. No, we're not going into like, business it, together. It's called Zanku Chicken, my Mike friend. Mike Young used to do a joke about that. It was one of my favorite Mike Young bits about how everybody who does coke wants to open up a business with you. Because it's totally true. Yeah. When dudes do coke, they always have business plans. Oh, they have all kinds of plans. All kinds of plans. <laughs> oh, coke is the worst drug in the world. It's the worst drug that's ever been created. It is the number one retard drug. There's no, no better. When you're out and you're surrounded by a bunch of cokeheads and they're just talking at you, 
The worst is when you're high and they're coked up. Is there ever a worse combination? No, no. no. There's no worse combination than when you're stoned and you're hanging around cokeheads. Because stone is like you're timid and you're humble. You know, when you when you smoke pot, you all, you start realizing like, God, I'm like this fleshy little thing. You know, yeah. like if there's a lion in this room, that lion could just eat me. There's nothing I could do about it. When you're coked up, you don't ever think about a lion. Right. And if you do, you're like, you a fucking lion. I tell that lion to suck my dick. <laughs> you get crazy. Meth is the worst too. Somebody yeah. put meth on there also. Yeah, I agree with meth. I, I wonder how many people, yeah, Robin Williams was a coke addict. I wonder how many people... Um, that I've been around have been on meth and I didn't know it. I bet a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're in, a lot we're in too. LA, man. There's, yeah. I think a lot, half the people that we think are fucking crazy are just on meth. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people are methed up, man. That is definitely true. A lot of people that are like, when you see people that are real skinny and look drawn out and they're fucking talking wacky, it's something. Mm. What is it? It's some sort of amphetamines, whether it's meth or, do you know that meth was invented during World War One? Uh, in World War II, the Japanese used it for the um, for suicide bombers. That's how they talked the kamikazes into fucking crashing no their, way, their really? planes into boats. Oh. Yeah, they would they would hook them up with meth. Nice. That's, yeah, that's cool. Well, not only the, the government has not only experimented with that. I mean, they've done the Japanese government uh, gave them amphetamines and crystal meth and shit like that, but um, also steroids. The United States government has done that in the past. Like soldiers have told been told that they have to take like certain pills. Like you have to take things. And when you take them, you find out it's like Anavar, which is like right. an oral steroid. Makes right. you super hyper-aggressive, which totally makes sense. Yeah. And when guys are juiced up, if guys are all juiced up, they're fucking, they feel like they're invincible. Your, your body's all flooded with testosterone. Like, gorillas must feel completely invincible, you know? When you're just fucking, you know, you're living in the woods, you're covered in hair, you weigh 800 pounds, they don't worry about shit. They could totally beat a fighter, by the way. Gorillas versus a person. Oh, crush a person. No, I mean a person would beat a gorilla. Oh, beat a gorilla. That, that <laughs> argument with Eddie. He was, Eddie was trying to make some crazy uh, argument that there's people that could beat a chimp in a fight. I'm like, you're out of your uh, mind. What the fuck? The chimp would just bite your fingers off. Yeah. That's the first thing he would do. Now try fighting, stupid. Oh, you're punching him in the head? Good. He's grabbing your hand and eating your fingers. So once all of your fingers are gone, then he's going to look at you and go, now what, bitch? Now I'm going to eat your asshole. And he'll dive onto your asshole and claw his way till he gets close to your butthole. And you'll be fighting him off, but he's going to keep getting in there. I thought Eddie was joking the whole time but I don't think he was that's Drunk Eddie <laughs> Drunk Eddie's you know Drunk Eddie drunk was Eddie's, he drunk? yeah he was drunk oh. yeah he's three drinks in three drinks in is Drunk Eddie wow. once he poured that Jack Daniels it was, the lights went out in Georgia yeah, fucking drums started playing the Indian came out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what Brock would destroy a gorilla could you imagine what a gorilla would do to Brock Lesnar? Ah, you know I, I, <laughs> just come charging at him bang just run across him. Even Brock knows he can't fucking beat a gorilla. <laughs> you ever seen a gorilla rush a person? It's so goddamn terrifying. They rush you and they hope that you're just going to back off and get away. They just want to claim your territory. But if you do turn and run, they might just freak out, just chase you and beat the fuck out of you. So you have to turn away, and you have, but you have to stand down. But you can't look like prey. Dude, chimps, chimps and, and, and gorillas, and we, they are so strong, we couldn't even imagine. You couldn't even wrap your head around what they could do to you. They could literally grab you by the arm and throw you, throw you. They would pull your arm literally right off your body. Like, no problem. A pit bull could kill most people. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. When, you I, know? when I had Frank... That's a pit bull. That's a dog. You remember Frank. Yeah. When, I, when I had Frank, I always used to think that. That if this dog wanted to, he could kill me. Right. 
He could kill anything. He's yeah. this fucking 90 pound pit bull with this big fire hydrant head. If he wanted to, he would kill me. You know, he doesn't know that. That's why, you know, I have it's the food. Right. <sighs> That's why I like being around animals that can't kill me. That can only love. Yeah, like little kitty cats. Little kitty cats. So what do you think about the Steven Seagal thing? Steven Seagal got arrested, or didn't get arrested. He's getting sued. Let's, we'll find the story right here. Because what happened was, apparently, he had some chick that was working for him. And she mm-hmm. was his... <laughs> she was his... Um, He's sued for trafficking women and sexual assault. Trafficking yeah. women. The woman was a former model, and she was hired by the actor as his executive assistant last February. This is on TMZ, so you know it's real. Mr. Seagal had been keeping two young female Russian attendants on staff who were available for his sexual desires 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So apparently, one of the assistants quit, and Seagal apparently only rolls with threesomes so he made his uh he made his assistant start sucking his dick <laughs> he's wow. like i need more than one he had two hookers that were working for him 24 7 and wow. one of them probably met some rich dude somewhere and got a better job how the fuck is cigar having that much money he's still? got a tv show now yeah but that's not shit he's done a lot of oh, he's making money off that show i mean he's the star i guarantee he makes a few hundred thousand dollars a year for mm. sure off that show maybe half a million Maybe more because he's a big star. He might make a million a year off that show. They might have given him a big deal. He might make more than a million a year. So he's got that. Okay, then he's got how many movies did he do? He did a lot of goddamn movies. He got divorced in 1996. So everything from 1996 until now, it's all his money. I bet he's got a lot of money. I bet he's got a ton of money. His money just doesn't seem smart with his money. Seems like he'd spend all his money on ponytail juice. (laughs) Ponytail juice. (laughs) Ponytail juice. What does that even mean? Conditioner. How much is conditioner? He's got good conditioner. (laughs) He's um. I mean, he's he's a, still a big star in those like foreign movies, like straight to video DVD sales. He can he can still sell a Steven Seagal movie. You know, you make it for cheap money and you sell it fairly cheap, and they, you know they air it on cable at three o'clock in the morning and they sell them on DVDs. You know, there's still some money in that. <clears throat> but when, like when I said was when I was in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi, when you go to Dubai, Dubai's flooded with hookers. Mm-hmm. There's hookers everywhere. These Russian hookers. So apparently, there's a lot of them. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that some actor would just hire two of them right. like, to be on call 24-7. Right. <clears throat> I think it's... I mean, look, if that's how you want to roll, I think that's a pimp move. I mean, the dude's not even fucking married, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't really criticize it. I mean, you can criticize the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's hiring prostitutes. But let's be honest. What the fuck is you know, a lot of rich guys' wives? What, what are they? You know, are they really attracted to him? Is, I mean, is Tiger Woods' wife, does she really think he's hot? You know, or, or do you think he's hot because he's rich? You know, how many of them think he's hot because he's rich? How many super goofy looking dudes that are multi-billionaires who have these model wives, these super fucking hot wives? What's going on there? Yeah. You know, Donald Trump. You ever see Donald Trump's wife? Hot as fuck. Yeah, he's a powerful man and all that good stuff. And they're attracted to that and security and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, he's rich. They're hot. He's ugly. What's going on there? Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's a form of prostitution. Right. It's, it's you know, of, yeah. it really is. Yeah. I mean, what's the sexual prostitution is the the whole difference is that in sexual prostitution, apparently, you know, the idea is that it's it's not good because there's no love. There's no real emotions, no relationship. You know, it's just sex for money. But like, what if you like date a girl, 
and you actually enjoy her company and you enjoy her time and you like her and you say, listen, um, you have a shitty job and I have a lot of money. How about you quit your job and I pay you a thousand dollars a week and this is what you have to do. You just have to suck my dick anytime I want. I mean, you already like to do it anyway, right? But let's just make it sort of a job. Okay, and you'll get a check every week, but I don't want to hear any argument from you. I think that'd be cool for like a year, <laughs> but I think after that, I don't know, man. It's just I, I can see myself doing that if I had a lot of money, well, but well, I can women also wouldn't, women would think that it's demoralizing, and it would be the exact opposite of uh, you know why uh, why pay for the cow when the milk is free. Right. It would be the exact opposite. It would be like, look, I know I'm getting free milk, but I would rather pay for the cow and have that fucking cow give me milk anytime I want with no argument. Right. I don't want to get up at four in the morning, go to milk you, and you start complaining. Listen, I'm going to pay you right now, and this is what happens. We, our relationship now is we're still friends. I still love you. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. But I do whatever I want, and you suck my dick whenever I ask. Right. <laughs> now you have a job. I think, I think is the, that process, yeah, is, that's is that illegal? Yeah, no, it's – Is that I, illegal? I wouldn't say it's illegal, but I would say that's not that's, – But it is illegal. If it, you, it, you it say – it is. If it you is. put on your tax forms, I'm, you know, Brian Reichel's paid hooker. <laughs> you you go to jail. Yeah, that's illegal. Yeah. Say if you had a chick. <clears throat> you would just have you to got, do it right. You know, you would have to write it out. Yeah, right. but I mean, look, if you had a girl and she was a multimillionaire, and say say if you were a carpenter, okay, and uh, you know this is your, you know, you you met her and you used to do some shit around her house when you first started dating her. And, you know, you do a little carpentry here and there, but you did it for free because you loved her. And then all of a sudden she said, listen, you don't like your job. Why don't you just come for me? Work for me. You'll be my carpenter and you'll just do whatever I want to do whenever you want. But the only difference is now I pay you. What is the difference between that and sucking your dick? There's right. very, very little difference. Right. If you have a chick and she's working for you and she just gets paid to blow you, but she used to blow you for free... But now she blows you because it's her job because you pay her. Right. Is that bad? No, especially if you make it let her. Yes, it is. Especially yeah. if you let her make her dress up and outfits. No, I'm not gonna be a whore for you. You fucking <laughs> cheap. You're only gonna be my only whore. I only have one. It's only you. And yeah. I don't fuck any other girls. I would either. hate. I would hate that. I would, I would hate that. I would hate that. What would you hate? I, you know, because I think the the purpose. I don't know. My purpose was always finding somebody that would want to fuck me that much without any questions asked, and that I would want to fuck that person. I think See, if this you, chick likes my logic. Eve Pole, she likes the logic. That's a dude. Sexuality has been immoralized. Yeah, it might be a dude, right? Yeah. Sexuality has been immoralized. You know, <clears throat> I went to whack off last night. Um, it's like this hand. No. <laughs> It was like uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. My wife is super pregnant right now, and I, I can't fuck her. Do it on her belly. I mean, I do if she asks, but I, I don't, I don't want to impose myself on her. I feel rude. I mean, she's all pregnant. Like, she's ready to pop. And um, so anyway, I, I'm making excuses for why I beat off. I beat off. You know, she <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you doing? About? But this, that's the, the reality of it. Right. I really do feel bad. Um, anyway, I go, I go online to go uh, look at some porn. And um, everything on one of my favorite sites is all fucking spitting in the mouth and gagging and girls getting their faces fucked with it like halfway throwing up. I and hate that tears, shit. Tears are coming out of their eyes and the guy's smacking her in the face with his dick. And he's like, you like that dick? You like that dick? She's like, fuck my face. Fuck my face. And he's like, fuck it. Like spit and slobber. She's coughing and spits coming out, and I'm like, okay, I don't like this. This is not fun. And and then the, in the same uh, the same series, like there was another girl or the same girl rather, you know, they have like a bunch of videos by this girl. There's Sasha Gray who was the girl. Another one. These guys are just violently fucking her ass, and then shoving it in her mouth and violently fucking her ass. 
And I'm looking at this and I'm like, what is going on? Like, who is liking all this, like, mad dog porn? It's like you got a mad dog bitches in porn now. Right. Nobody just fucks anymore. It used to be, you know, a guy orders a pizza and the chick shows up delivering the pizza and she needs to get changed. I hate that And shit. she drops a dollar and she picks it up and the guy says, nice. And the girl says, you think so? Well, you see the whole thing. And then she pulls her pants down. Next thing you know, they're boning. That's the good old days. That's fun. That's good times. What is this mouth-fucking tears rolling down people's face, spitting in people's mouths, two dicks and assholes? Like, you know, what, you know what's hilarious is that I've never seen a porn website where it's just like, it's people making love. Like, exactly. you know, it's like them going exactly. on a date. Exactly. And, you know, just being passionate and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no kissing. <laughs> there's no teasing. No, it's it's like, all just, fuck my ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. One girl had Fart two my guys fucking her asshole. One guy was on top, he was squatting on top, and the other guy was laying on his back. And his dick was in, and the other guy was in. And it's like that joke that I say about, like, you're not even having sex with a woman at that point. You're just right. using her vagina <laughs> as a container so that you could rub dicks. I, love I mean, that, that I is really that. what they were doing. They're like, <laughs> they're two dicks. Her, her butthole was a holder for dicks, and they're rubbing <laughs> dicks while they're plowing this girl's asshole i mean think about two dicks even like two average sized dicks that's stretching your butthole out to like that big that's ridiculous who wants to see that no one wants that and then the other guy's spitting in her mouth and they're fucking her mouth i'm like jesus it's so weird sasha gray gets smacked in the face a lot too just smack see i'm done with all that kind of shit. i just like i like homemade stuff i think we've talked about this yeah stuff. yeah, yeah I you just like, like you like thinking that that's really you and this girl's really blowing or you or it's just yeah. real like i want to see people having real sex yeah because, they're really attracted to each yeah, other yeah they're having real orgasms yes, they're yes, they're you know yes. they're really moaning because they're moaning not yeah there's definitely something to that man they're paying for it you know paying for, like and you know apparently the the porn business is rough now because of the fact that all this shit's online it's very difficult to to like get money for porn so these girls get tricked it's just like you know how you hear about the uh the the workers in dubai <clears throat> where they entice them to come to dubai by saying you're going to get all this money you know they take them from india and third world countries and they basically say you're going to make you know x amount of dollars per month you'll be able to send money back home to your family everybody's going to be happy we just uh you know just get come out here and you gotta get a passport and pay for this and pay for that so they do all this they get out there and then once they get out there they take their passport and they give them a fraction of the money Wow. Well, what these girls do is they, they recruit these girls and say, listen, it's just going to be you and the guy. You'll get to pick the guy. It'll be so hot. No big deal. No one's going to see it. We'll pay you 1500 bucks. And for a chick who's fucking broke and desperate and probably, you know, not the best thinker in the world anyway, she's not making the best decisions with her life, you know, and some guy offers her 1500 bucks to fuck some cute guy. She's like, whatever. All right, I'll do it. Fuck it. Who cares? Who's going to know? Who's going to know? She figures, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to keep them from repossessing my car. I'm going to, you know, pay my rent off, you know, and I'll have a couple hundred bucks left over. All right, let's do it. So she gets there, and there was a whole series about this on television that uh, they made her do double anal. Once she got there, they said, no, we don't want regular sex. Like, this is this is what happens. Two guys have to fuck your asshole, and we'll give you 1500 bucks. Otherwise, we don't have work for you. All right. No condom, you know. So she wound up getting HIV. So she does one film. She comes from like Nebraska. She does one film. They make her do double anal. Wow. Two fucking pigs nut inside her asshole who have probably fucked a hundred chicks that day. You know? That's and, crazy. Yeah, and they give her HIV. They're probably shooting heroin up in the bathroom together, sucking each other's cocks to get them hard, and they stuff it in her asshole. By the way, I wanted to mention something you, you talked about last week in your secret podcast Ooh. that uh, I wanted to tell you that, you no, know, Brokeback Mountain was a huge success. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I think as a comedy, right? No, no, I mean money wise. Yeah, but as yeah. a comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. As I think it was more. Yeah. I mean, no, people enjoyed it. No, people, there was a lot of people. Look, it was sad. I'll, I'll be honest. At the end of Brokeback Mountain, when the guy found out the other guy was beaten to death, it was sad. I never saw sad. it. I would never watch that. You won't watch it. that. Hmm. Why don't you just watch it and video put like little kittens over the guys' <laughs> buttholes and faces when they're kissing, just yeah. like you always do. <laughs> You know, there's some shit that I won't watch, but I won't watch any more beheadings. There's a new beheading Fuck one that. online. Have you seen the new one? Yeah, I want to see. I watched it for a second, and they started cutting the dude's head off, and I said, "All right, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I watching this?" I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no need to be watching any of that shit. I I never even watched that uh, Iraq shooting thing either. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about is fake kung fu. Yeah, you need to bring you that back. You watch the Iraq shooting thing? No, you need to bring that back, though. Yeah, I, uh, I need to write it out. That's what I need to do. Yeah. I don't even remember how I did it. I'll just redo it. But uh, the um, uh, the Iraq shooting thing you didn't watch? The, I don't, yeah, don't want to watch What it. we were talking about is collateral murder, which is, uh, we talked about this before. It was, uh, they mistakenly thought that these reporters and civilians in Iraq were insurgents, and they killed them, and it's all gun camera footage, and it's very disturbing. It's disturbing how much they're into it. It's disturbing how easy it is to just think that anybody's your enemy when you're over there in the fucking ward and the chaos you know it's it's scary shit man it's scary shit that we're there in the first place but it's really scary shit to think that people could just be walking with cameras and they mistake those cameras for guns just from the sky with apache helicopters just fucking light them up with yeah. 50 cannon i'm 50 done caliber guns i'm done with that shit and anything that's based off three men and a baby like a three guys and a hammer and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> any of any of this is shit. that what it's based on i don't know baby two girls in a cup two girls in a cup yeah you know but yeah no you're right man you know the problem is the internet really can not only desensitize you but really change your world there's 300 million fucking people in this country that is an insane amount of people and if you think about like every story that you hear about some priest who's fucking kids or some serial killer who's killing women or they're, they're all horrible and terrible but the reality is most people are pretty cool there's 300 million of us. There's so much information that literally you find out every single fucking story yeah. anytime that anything goes down. That's never been the case. Yeah. In the 1950s, you had to be Ed Gain. You had to be you know, wearing women as fucking dresses. You had to be cutting them up and putting their skin on. They had to find, You had to make the front fucking page of the New York Times like every day for a week right. for everyone to know who you are yeah, and everyone totally. to know your story. The Ted Bundy case, that's another example. The, the Night Stalker, where they couldn't ca catch this guy and they don't know what he's doing. The Zodiac Killer, they never caught him. Those stories, that's the only way those stories became huge. They had to be so catastrophically fucked up. But now we hear about all of them. We hear about every two teachers this week got arrested for fucking kids. Mm -hmm. Two teachers, two different teachers. Both pretty Hot. decent looking Hot. chicks. Yeah. One of them was fucking a 16 year old. Wow. She got arrested for a 16 year old. How the fuck can you arrest a chick for fucking a 16-year-old? Dude, that shit happened to me, though. You know, when I was a kid, uh, three of our teachers had sex. One was a guy and two were girls. And When I was in, in high school, um, my, my Spanish teacher fucked one of my friends, yeah. a female friend of mine. You know what the funniest thing is? I remember my science teacher, sixth grade. I had my a book underneath my desk. I was reading the book while she was teaching. And she goes, Brian, you have two heads. Only one can read. And I'm like, huh? Okay, whatever that means. But then I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's talking about my dickhead. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in sixth grade. What the fuck is that shit? Yeah, that's kind of, that crazy bitch. Miss Singleton, yeah, you Columbus, whore. Ohio. You fucking whore. <laughs> what, are, what are you, 12? 
How old were you then? 12? 6th grade? Something like sixth that. 6th grade is like 12, right? Miss Singleton now. And then Mr. Phillips, you were my gym teacher. You fucked half my friends. Really? Yeah, and he got arrested. The, and the gym teacher shit. fucked half yeah. your friends? Yeah, and then I boys saw... Boys or girls? Mostly boys. And then what? I, and then I saw... Wait a minute. <laughs> Move in closer. Move in closer for mo, this one. Mo, and, and then what was weird... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell the whole goddamn story. When Start at, from scratch. When we were in elementary... What's his name? Mr. Phillips. And he's in jail? Uh, no, no. Check this out. He was... Everyone was always talking about it in elementary school. School, like, uh-oh, don't let Mr. Phillips, you know, get near you. He fucked so-and-so. He fucked so-and-so before he even got caught. This what? was going on. Yeah, before. And there was times where, like, like he would come up behind you and, like, spank you on the butt. And we're like, oh, you just got touched. Oh. So and he was fucking a bunch of kids before it, he ever got we caught. We all knew about it. And he never got caught. How did and, he not get caught? I don't know. And then one day he got caught. And then we, and then there was, like, this one kid that we thought it was, like, the one that squealed or something like that. And then squealed. he was just gone. He was just gone. And it was so weird. It's like, uh, I don't know, like, five years later, I was working at Toys R Us. And he came in with, like, a whole family. And you just, like, wanted to say, hey, you fucked my friends what's up mr phillips he came into toys r us yeah with his family with his family kids and family and and, oh I, and I just wanted to be God. like hey you know your husband so how did he not go to jail i i don't know whatever happened like i i re- barely remember seeing it in the papers and stuff like that but he got out even if he went to jail he got out yeah yeah and he so he fucked how many kids do you think he i fucked? would say there was three that i thought for sure Three that you thought for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want to say their names. But everybody so. talked about it. Everybody oh, yeah. All of us it. knew about it. It was like a joke growing up. Even we would, like, other teachers knew, like, the the, the word that we call him, Mr. Fill, Fill Me Up Phillips. You know? Fill Me Up Phillips? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Brookside, Brookside Elementary School. How old were you guys? Uh, ele- elementary school. I remember it was, like, fifth grade, maybe, sixth grade. Oh, so you're, like, 11, yeah. 10, something yeah. like that. Your, your teacher was fucking 10-year-old yeah. boys in the ass. Yeah. And then we had a study hall monitor. Oh, mon- my God. Then we had a study mo- hall monitor named Mrs. Hughes. That used to just fuck everybody too. But she wow. was hot. She was hot. I was like, yeah. oh, I, I was mad because I wouldn't you? fuck her. How old was this? Middle school was like eighth grade, seventh grade. And she was fucking eighth graders? Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was pissed because I was like jealous of the other guys who I fucked her. And I'm yeah. like, I want to fuck that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah, saving you know up what? my lunch money, you know, it's, and stuff. For... It's really funny how that works, isn't it? You know, like, like before the internet, man, shit like that would happen and nobody would hear about it. Right. You know, it had to be like, they could, they could fire the person and stop the scandal before it ever hit the school and no big deal right. but nowadays people just throw it up on their Facebook, Fuck on Facebook. Teacher, yo me. I got fucked in the ass yeah. by Mr. Phillips yeah. here's a photo and video oh yeah yeah, <laughs> you, yeah you take fucking video and photo while it's happening if someone's crazy enough to let you you know for a teacher who's crazy enough to fuck you she's crazy enough to film it while she's fucking you right you know that bitch right. is crazy I'm 35 person asking oh yeah that's a that's a crazy goddamn story I didn't. Um, I never got molested by a kid, but I came tw- close twice on two separate occasions. I almost got molested. One when I was eight years old. I was at the library, <clears throat> and I used to like uh, monster books. I used to like reading like Dracula and Frankenstein shit. And so I'm in this uh, library section, and I'm reading all these books. I'm looking looking for these books, and this guy says, "Do you, you like m- books on monsters?" And I said, "Yeah, that's my favorite." I'm like, "You're fucking eight years old, right? right. I don't know that there's bad people yet. I haven't right. really figured that out." Right. And the guy says, uh, "I've got a bunch of monster books out in my car." Oh no! And I said, "Wow, really?" He goes, "Yeah, come on with me. I'll, I'll show you some monster books." I go, "Oh, okay." That's why you so hate monsters, right? I start leaving. <laughs> no, I still love monster movies, man. I start leaving, and uh, as I'm walking out the door with this guy, the fucking librarian starts screaming. She goes, Joseph, Joseph, you get over. Because she knew me because I'd go to the library all the time. Right. She's like, Joseph, get over here. Get over here. That man just got out of jail. 
And so the guy runs. The guy runs. He runs towards the door. She goes, I'm going to call the police. And so I run over to the librarian. I'm fucking crying and freaking out. The crazy thing is, my mom doesn't even remember this. Really? Yeah, my mom's kind of a knucklehead. And when it comes to that, like my childhood, like I can't believe she doesn't remember this. I don't remember that. I'm like... How the fuck do you not remember the most horrific moment of my childhood? Where I feel like if that librarian wasn't there at that moment, if I didn't have a relationship with her, where I talked to her every time I was there, like she looked after me because she was a nice lady. If that didn't happen, if if she was some absent-minded person or just wasn't looking or didn't know and didn't know who I was or who that guy was, I would have got fucked in the ass. For sure. Yeah. I might have got killed. Yeah. I might have got killed because if this guy just got out of jail, he's probably tired of tattletaling kids and their bullshit. You know? Yeah. So he probably would have fucked me and killed you, me. You know that company that has that thing that's uh, that you like old people wear to like, help, I've fallen and I right. can't get up? They should make that for kids. Like, help, I'm getting fucked and I can't draw. They should, but kids are fucking liars, man. I'm getting fucked right now. <laughs> I just missed you. You didn't even care about me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I should be attached. Teams and yeah, shit. yeah, they should be kids. attached to like Boy Scouts or something. Like, Boy Scouts will come rescue you instead of police or something. Boy Scouts will fuck you quicker yeah. than anybody. <laughs> They'll be the first one I see. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, let me see. Was he fucking you like this? <laughs> Boy Scouts would fuck you just because you lied about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you, you like dicks in your ass? Come on. Yeah, maybe there would be like a little camera and microphone so that a cop would be like, oh, you are getting fucked. We'll send somebody right over. No, I think GPS <laughs> tracking is a good idea yeah, for yeah. kids. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that's like the slippery slope. The problem is you put a chip in your kid so you can find out where they are. Well, they already have those phones, you know, those Yeah, but phones, yeah, they have those. Yeah, but phones, there's a big difference between phones and a chip in your skin. I oh, mean, yeah. like a dog. Like, like a dog. My dog right. has a chip. Right. You know, so I can, if the, if he gets, go, I think it's only if he goes to the vet. If they pick him up at the pound, the, the pound can scan him and the, the chip has like a number to call. Yeah. But, you know, there's people that want to put like GPS chips in their kids so that you can follow their kids. That's the, that's, that's the retarded. Next. It isn't, it isn't though, man. If your kid's missing, no, no, you're it's right, not you're retarded. Right. Yeah. But the slippery slope is who else is following you? The fucking right. government, oh, anybody yeah. else? Black helicopters. Black helicopters. You always hear about um, uh, dudes who like attach GPS to their their chick's car because they're stalking them. Oh yeah, yeah. Next and they, yeah, and they follow them. They follow them around. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a slippery slope because the the connectivity is unavoidable. It's unavoidable that eventually there will be no secrets. I really believe that. We've talked about this before. I think that eventually we're going to be able to read each other's minds. We're going to be able to access all the information in the whole world, not just on your phone, not just through a computer interface, but you're going to be able to neurally access all the shit. And that includes other people's thoughts. You're going to have to share your thoughts into the wave. It sounds completely ridiculous. It sounds like total stoner talk. But I don't think it sounds nearly as ridiculous as the things we already have, like the fucking Large Hadron Collider or cell phones or the ability to talk to somebody on the other side of the world. That's just as ridiculous to me. I mean, it's, it's all ridiculous. Sending pictures through the air, high-speed video you can download. You know, I mean, I got Wi-Fi. I sit on my laptop. I can download, like the iPad. You download a movie in a couple minutes. You can stream it. Stream a movie live. I mean, mm. what the fuck? You yeah. can just go to Netflix, pick a movie in high definition, load it up, it plays. Right. There it is. There's yeah. the movie. You're getting it from the ether. Yeah. You're getting a fucking full movie. You put your headphones on. It's in stereo. And you're getting it from the sky. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Yeah. It's, and that is 
just the beginning. It's going to happen. It's going to, the only, if you look at the trend, the number one trend is connectivity and the instant access to information or the more quicker access to information or more access to information. That's the trend. It's like, you know, it used to be libraries and then, you know, then, then it was the internet and now it's the internet on your phone. And then what else is next? What's going to come next? It's going to be quicker, easier, faster, more information like that, that search engine where you can just ask it questions and it comes up with the answer. What is that search engine called? Bing. Uh, no, there's a new one that they're working on. I'll I'll find it on here. I got it. I saved it on Evernote, but uh, they 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 called it the Google Killer. Nah. You know it's gonna be the best. Uh, we already talked about. This. But the the visual about? search is I think what's gonna be big. Visual search? Yeah, where you just take a picture of something and it will Google search what it is, everything about it. You know, so like if you see like a. I don't know if you see like a tennis shoe on the ground, you could take a picture of it and it'll tell you what model of tennis shoe that is, you know, where it's sold, how much it is, you know. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right, yeah. That, 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 Wolfram Alpha is the new thing. W O L F R A M Alpha. And what it is, is this thing that these guys have been putting together for a while. It's not totally done yet, but the idea is that this is going to be able to answer any question you have. And that, you know, I mean, that really is the future, that they'll take, take the data, the entire database of science, the entire database of archaeology, history, everything else, mathematics, right. and literally put it into some sort of a search engine where you'll be able to ask the question, you know, what year was the first car invented? What year was the first combustion engine created? You know, when did they figure out that you could turn oil, you know, from the ground into gasoline? How did they do it? Who was the guy? That shit's all gonna happen, man. You're gonna you're gonna be able to get any any answer to any question. I mean, you literally never have to go to school again. I can't wait to the part where I can go through my old photos from when I was like five years old, hold it up to my webcam, and they go, "Here's their Facebook. They now do this. They look at this." Because there are so many people that I lost touch with, do and I don't do know their name. Babies? What if it's a baby? Oh, you can totally do it. You're gonna totally be able to do that. So totally. Like just hundred percent. Assume how the baby grows up. Hundred percent. Ten years or less. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Wow. What's your fucking question? Look at this guy. Ned Carlos Mencia is a homo and needs to send his fans to space with the other monkeys. All right, buddy. Settle the fuck down. Settle down, you freak. What is this guy saying? You hate Mencia for stealing jokes, but you stole that T-Rex joke, hypocrite. I didn't sell steal shit. T-Rex joke. Someone said that there's another guy who has a joke about T-Rex not being able to jerk off. Listen. Wow, how obvious not, is this that he can't jerk not, off? Not the greatest connection in the world. But when you have small arms and you can't grab your own dick, I, you know, anybody can come up with that conclusion. But what I had it in is a whole series of things about masturbation, how masturbation is evolutionary. And my joke was that's why the T-Rex didn't evolve because he couldn't jerk off. 100% my own. Okay, and there's a thing called parallel thinking. The difference between me and a guy like Mencia, or most comics and a guy like Mencia is, most comics, like David Tell is famous for, he comes up with a joke, he'll call like a bunch of people and say, hey, have you ever heard this before? Have you ever heard this before? Because sometimes guys come up with jokes, and even though you came up with it on your own, you don't know whether or not anybody else has come up with it before. It's very possible. It's called parallel thinking. But the difference between that and a guy like Mencia, or robin williams or any of these other guys that have been accused of doing it over and over again is there's so many fucking pieces of evidence so many times people have said it so many people know bits that they've ripped off and like with a guy like robin williams 
they used to have it set up where there was special lights when he would come to the room. People would flash lights to make sure that the comics on stage knew that he was in the room. When I was in Boston um, at the Catch Rising Star in Cambridge, Robin Williams came, and I remember this because I was really raw. I was like an open mic. I'd only been doing comedy like not even a year. You got a piss? And Robin Williams uh, came into the club, and there was all these comics that were like uh, big-name Boston comics. I think one of them was... Uh, you know what? I don't want to say names because I'm just I'm just guessing. But there was a bunch of uh, Boston headliners in the room, and none of them would go on stage. They wouldn't go on stage because they knew that he was in there, and that if they did a good bit on that stage, and they were local guys, they were local headliners, but they were just local guys. And this is before the internet. This is before anything. He would just go on the Tonight Show the next night, do their bit, and that bit was dead. They could never do it again. So it was a totally different era back then. But. There's parallel thinking. There's things that uh, I've thought of before. There's things that other people have thought of before that I've already done. Like uh, I've had friends, you know, do a bit, and uh, you know, they're. I know they didn't steal it from me, but I have to tell them, like, hey, that's on my first album. Like this, the same exact sort of connection that you just made. Bobby Slayton and I, who Bobby's a buddy of mine, but we both had a joke. I mean, it's the same connection about blowjobs. It was mine was on my 1999 CD. I don't know when his was, but uh, he said to me, like, wow, we have, like, a, a similar joke. And the joke was about blowjobs, that blowjobs are a job. That's why it implies, like, jerking off. See, my joke was that jerking off sounds like it's no big deal. That's like you just, you know, you just quit at any minute. Like, what are you doing? Eh, I was just jerking off. Like, no big deal. You want to eat? I'll just stop. But a blowjob sounds like there's much more commitment. Like, it's a job. Like, there implies a work ethic. But that, like, jerking off... There's way more commitment involved in jerking off than blowjobs. Because chicks will quit blowjobs all the time. Girls will quit. Their mouth gets tired. They don't want to do it anymore. But no dude quits while jerking off. And there's, like, you know what I mean? It's true. Like, it you'll true. fucking finish that thing. I have had, like, a half-hard dick and be, like, holding my breath and squeezing my balls, trying to do anything to, to figure out a way to just get it over with. And then once you come, you just feel so goddamn pathetic. Right. But there's a lot of commitment involved in jerking off. For whatever reason. Like, that shit wants to get out of your body. But I never for a second thought that Bobby stole the bit. And he didn't think that I stole the bit. It's like, it's kind of obvious. Blow job. You know, it's not the most clever connection. Between it being a job. You know, I mean, it's right there. It's yeah. in the fucking name. The, the, the problem with I have is, is like, when, like, that T-Rex thing. That's just something that... There's a cartoon online yeah. that I saw after the fact that... Well, it's uh, like had, Toy Story. They, they had jokes about, yeah. you know, that. I mean, that's yeah. just the it's, dumbest it's thing. It's just obvious. Whatever, it's that's right just somebody trolling that. My no, he's not trolling. He's probably just stupid, or he's just young and he doesn't know. I mean, it's look, you know, people, people have questions about the way comedy works, and whenever someone is so outspoken about plagiarism, like I have been and you have been with that whole Mencia thing, uh, you know, not like we set out to do that, not like we set out to be the guys that are speaking up against comedy plagiarism. But let me tell you how many fucking comedians were happy that that happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell. I just got a text message from Christopher Titus today. Christopher Titus, who's a friend of mine, just sent me a text today, and Christopher is a very funny comic, and uh, he sent me uh, a text today saying that, um, he says, hey man, you were on NPR today, they played the whole Carlos thing, and had two lawyers on talking about how comedians what? protect our material. Great job changing the world, keep the flow, That's awesome, Titus. I need to get a copy of that. Yeah. This is a comic, so and it's not just him. I mean, Louis C.K. said the same thing. You know, uh, Brian Posehn came up and hugged me and said, "Thank God for you, Joe Rogan." I mean, I can't. Todd Glass came up to me and said it was the greatest thing he'd ever seen in his life. Like, 
I can't tell you how many comics have said this. Like, we had a real problem for a long time. And the real problem is that these networks can make money from guys stealing. If guys are good performers and they wind up stealing people's shit, they can make a lot of money. And for comics, literally, it takes a long-ass time to create a bit. Like, a bit like my bit about the Tigers killing the kid at the zoo in San Francisco, the one that made it onto my last special. That bit took a long time to get right. There was a lot of shit involved. It like it went back and forth, it changed, it morphed, it got bigger, it got smaller. It took a long time before I came up with the version that got onto television. It was a lot of work. Somebody could have easily come in, jacked my idea, jacked my premise, jacked the whole way I structured it, set it up, and just taken it for their own, and literally it's stealing. They put it on television, and now I can't do it anymore. Because now if I do it, you know, like, when Mencia steals stuff, he steals it, like, word for word. You know, oftentimes. So, like, these poor fucks, like, their bit's gone. It's mm -hmm. like, it's he's they got stole. Mm -hmm. They got stole on. Somebody took their shit. That's been a gigantic problem for us you know we didn't set out to to be the ones to to try to put a fork in that and stop it but something had to happen and it did and it just so happens that it was us it's just just synchronicity just the way the world works you know but um i can understand why someone would want to like scrutinize me extra carefully because of that i mean it only makes sense yeah put red band's balls in your mouth please you know what? That is a, a fucking rude, rude request. Dude, uh, there's this comic named Brian Jarvis. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, he has the best thing joke ever. What he, for some reason, comics all like to show their dicks to each other. Right. But he has this thing where he'll put his dick coming out of the top of his pants, like right here, so just his head sticking out. And he'll be like, dude, I fucking slammed my belly button in my door. Look at it. And you're like, belly button, door. And you look at it and you're like, whoa, wait, that's your dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of shit that dudes do all the time. I love that shit. I mean, I hate that shit, but I love how it, everyone's so, comics are so committed to showing their dicks. It's hilarious. That's hilarious. Did George Lopez steal a bit from Ari? No, I don't think he did. I think the thing that happened with the George Lopez thing was that it was a pretty obvious bit. The thing with the, the Ari bit thing about the wall, that's a, that's a fucking obvious joke, man. And these dudes who do, like, Mexican material, you know, and illegal alien material like Lopez, like, his act is, like, is very funny, but a lot of his Latino stuff, and that's the kind of thing, I mean, he's going to think like that. George has never been accused of being a thief before that, not that I'm aware of. But he's the, not a thief. The, That's no. just an obvious joke. There was like yeah. five comics yeah. that did that joke. But the Mencia thing, Mencia not only did Ari open for him and do that bit, and he saw it and commented on how he thought it was funny, but that dumb fuck did the same mannerisms that Ari did. Yeah, he like went he does up the whole thing. Excuse me. Um, excuse me. That's how Ari does it. And he's so dumb, he does it the exact same way. In, in our video, he even like said, he never opened up for me. And then like yeah. three seconds later, he what? What? Oh, he forgot? He was, yeah. I mean, he just lies throughout that whole video. He li he well, he lies about everything. He still sometimes yeah. says he's Mexican. Why are we talking about Messiah? Yeah, there's no shit. need to talk about him. But, poor guy. But some, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> but some people still get, uh, still get caught up in it. You know, look, there's, there is, there's always going to be retards. There's always going to be dumb fucking. There's always going to be joke thieves too. There's always going to be everything, man. There's, there's always, there's always going to be people who enjoy stupid shit. There's always going to be people who uh, think Mencia is hilarious and I suck. That's, that's all good, man. It's, uh, this, it's a fucking big world, you know. Like what you like. Who gives a fuck, son? Well, you know what? We're at five minutes and thirteen seconds, which means uh, we just ate through two hours. So that's. 
more than enough. Yes. It's more than enough. I, look, there's all this comedy stuff. You know, go go listen. You want to hear some, instead of all this negative stuff, Carlos Mencia rules. That's what, He rules your mother. <laughs> yeah. This is... Um, this is uh, what I think. There's there's great comics right now. Like this is like one of the best times ever for stand-up comedy. There's so many good guys. There's Bill Burr, who's a hilarious comic. If you never heard his stuff before, I did that um, Kevin and Bean um, April Foolishness show with him uh, a couple weekends ago. Fucking dude is fantastic. He's hilarious. There's Patton Oswalt, who's one of my favorites. He's goddamn hilarious. All of his CDs are great. Just an awesome writer. Stan Hope. Of course, you know, he's a classic. Jim All Norton. Of this shit. Jim Norton, hilarious. Louis C.K., of course. There's so many good comics now. Now, instead of thinking positive, instead of thinking negative about guys who steal and bullshit and the problems with this and that, the positive thing is there's so much good comedy now. There's so many good comedians. And if you like my shit, my new thing just came out. You can get it. It's Talking Monkeys in Space. It's on iTunes. You can get it on DVD. JoeRogan.net. It's on all the links. JoeRogan.net has all the links, and it's on Amazon, and it's number two on iTunes. Comedy, bitch. Get my ass kicked by Robin Williams. But the point is, there's good stuff now. That's what's important. Positive. Not not negative, you fucking faggots. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in. We had a good time. Uh, Hope we answered all your questions. I love you, too. You rule, too, you crazy bitch. And um, all good. Thanks, and we'll see you next week as the weekly podcast keeps rolling on.